Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Casual KO. I do not have my microphone, so I probably sound like shit, but this should be a fun episode. We've got, uh, you know, the three gentlemen from last time. We've got Jared, we've got Harry, we've got Alex. Profit picks, pro, pro schmo bets, all the good stuff, man. Harry, you were looking sharp on that first time that you were there. Uh, you know, you weren't here when we talked about it. I, I actually think that uh, our Ukrainian friend, I think that he should have won that fucking fight, by the way. Uh, I think that the referee had a little bit of money on the other dude. What, who was that? Help me out. Eeyore. Uh, Eeyore. Yes, dude. Uh, Eeyore was just beating the shit out of that Brazilian. And uh, I think I think that there was just some money on the other guy there. But it's all good. Uh, it worked out in uh, the Bellato better's favor. But uh, we also have another uh, individual joining us here. It should be pretty fun. This is Jesse. He's a, a buddy of mine, a co-worker here. And, uh, you know, we're in Philly. This is why I don't have the mic. So we want to try and get right into this uh, massive. Wait, paper. Ryan, you're you're in Philly. I didn't know you were in Philly. I'm in Philly right now, dude. Where are you at? Oh, you're in Philly right now, but you don't reside in Philly. No, I reside in Tucson. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. OK. Yes, sir. Are you I was about here? to say, man, I'll, I'll go visit you. I'm, I'm, I'm over the bridge, man, in New York. Two bridges, you know, Jersey, well, New York. I'll be here the next day, dude, if you are next two days. If you want to come by, we have a cheesesteak and uh, maybe a drink or two. You know what I mean? Gotcha, Ryan. Gotcha. Let's do it. On me. On me. Um, but, yeah, man, I wanted to get right into this, dude. Uh, like I said, we all had some sharp picks. We all had some some kind of misses on the last card. Uh, Harry, like I said, dude, killed it last time. You and I both, without coordinating, we were heavy on the Andre Mooney's knockout. It just seemed like a logical play for some reason. We did get that Andre Muniz win, but we didn't get that knockout. It was just a wild, uh, wild matchup, man. He's been fighting a lot better competition than the Iron Turtle, so it was just kind of interesting to uh, to break that down. But um, anyone got anything to say before we move into this? Coming off a good week, baby. You know, broke a little uh, rough patch, and I went three and one last week. I didn't go too heavy on all the Asians. I did put them in around Robin for like small money for fun, but you know. Mm, went heavy on song to get a takedown went which heavy song? on Khalil. yeah for real which song and uh yeah had a great week and i know jared did pretty good himself you talking main event song because there are several songs in the card oh you're right you're right main event song to get a takedown was the lock of the card for me minus okay. 160 that's a nice bet okay okay harry any any big hits on that last card oh man i i uh can you hear me yeah yeah, brother, you know, I, I, I had uh, three good picks again, right? And uh, it was Sanyol Don, it was Alan Saar, it was Khalil Roundtree. I par- I wanted to parlay all that 90% of the account, which way interchangeably changed my mind through and through every given day and then went with a prop instead. Sanyol Don and the fight not to go the distance with Muniz and the Iron Turtle for 90% of my account. And my fucking third bankroll went to shit, man. So that was the last bet I had for the entire year, brother. Last bet of the year. But I had a very good 2023. Can't complain. Fuck yeah. Good, man. Good, good. Jared, anything sharp? Anything that you regret? What's going on? One thing I regret is Suma Dirty, man. He tried to ruin my night. I mean, he looked fucking horrible in there. Yeah, he did look like shit. <laughs> but um, Nazareth or Kelvin Gaslam and uh, Khalil both getting the knockouts. That's what really made the night profitable for me. 
and um, did a little punt on Song and Dong by decision at like plus one seventy five. So it was a profitable night. Not the best, but in the greens better than uh, in the red. Good shit, man. I mean, uh, yeah, dude. I say we just roll right the fuck in here to two ninety six, man. Like I said, we got we got uh, five perspectives. I want all five of us to give. You know, ideally, you know, let's let's go uh, fighter. Let's go round. Let's go method. Let's try and get real spicy. This is the last event of the year. Why not? I think that we should have a little fun. Put it all out there. Um, you don't have to say, you know, what you what you uh, like. Each thing that we're saying here, it doesn't have to be necessarily our bets. Just what we think is going to happen. We can specify what bets we're making. But we'll start at the beginning of the card. Uh, we've got Randy Brown, Rude Boy, versus Muslim Sadikov, uh, King of Kung Fu. I don't know about that. He's a Russian dude. You think he got to be like, uh, you know, Chinese or something? But I mean, this dude is—he's uh, a decent fighter, man. I think this is a really interesting one. Harry, why don't we start with you, man? What do you think on this first fight of the night, brother? Let's go, man. I'm just going to run through this with a few considerations to make here. So Randy Brown uh, has a, a, a very weak. Uh, every fighter finds a knack against Randy Brown and it's the calf kick. However, for as, you know, deliberate as every fighter he's faced, all his opponents, you know, seeking and exploiting that calf kick. He's gotten better uh, through every single opponent up until recently, okay, with Wellington Terman, who has polished up on it because of Alex Pereira, okay? Now, when did when did I realize that, you know, he had a vulnerability with it? With Vicente Luque, when Randy Brown fought Vicente Luque. And it's an interesting fight. I'll tell you why. Because I was going to side with Muslim Salikov for that reason. I said, holy shit, the king of Kung Fu is going to explain the fuck out of that. Especially if he starts to clinch Randy Brown, wear him down, and then exploit it through round two and three. Finish this guy off, you know, at a, at range. However, when I saw that Vicente Luque was able to be technical and win minutes, win minutes, man, incredible minutes, damage inflicting on Randy Brown. While technical, he was on the up and up. But when he got close to Randy Brown, when he was tempted to brawl Randy Brown, he started losing minutes and nearly got knocked out. And, and his cornermen were saying, do not brawl, do not brawl. And I've noticed that Sally Koff has a habit of getting into a brawl, man, wanting to get into the pocket. He's very tempted. I don't know if it's an ego thing. So in this fight, I hope it plays out where Randy Brown can succeed in the clinch on the wall and get close, as close as possible. Brawl with this guy, Sally Corbin, give him what he wants. I do believe that he'll be able to find a way, like he always has, to not get caught up with those calf kicks. So I got Randy Brown on the money line here. It, it makes sense to me, man. Randy Brown almost seems, almost seems chinny. Almost. Not really, but he almost seems like that. So it's a, it seems like a good pick. Um, Alex, I'll go to you right now. I'm just going to go in order on the screen here. Stay away from this fight. I, I really love the over here, the over one and a half. I think both of these guys are going to show some durability, and I think it's going to be a slow-paced fight. I don't really want to trust Randy after that really close fight against Terman. You know, I felt like that was kind of a gift. You know, I wasn't super confident going into that decision. And against a guy who's a better striker than Terman, you know, I have to hope that Muslim 
um, slows down. And Muslim, I 100% believe, is going to be winning this fight in the first round. He's going to be looking good early. You know, you just got to worry about that cardio because he's shown he's he's shown some lack of cardio and conditioning before. And I know that he's getting older. He could just get worse. But, you know, he did get a third-round knockout against, you know, a couple fights ago. But I, I would be interested in maybe a live bet on Randy, depending how Muslim looks after the first round. But before the fight, I have to go Muslim because I know he's going to be looking good right out the gate. Interesting. Okay. I respect it. Jared, where you at, man? Yeah, this is one that my initial thought, I was on Salikov. And then I saw how wide the line is. And I'm like, why, why would they set the line like this? The more I looked into it, I can kind of get my head around it more. Salikov, not your average Russian. He is much more likely to strike than he is shooting takedowns. Randy Brown, he hasn't been the most consistent. And to your point of him being kind of chinny, he is. Out of his five losses, he's been finished four times. Um, he's not the most dependable. I wouldn't say Salikov is. But, you know, Salikov's 39. I'm going to side with the younger guy with the eight inch reach advantage and the taller guy. Right? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's not anything that, you know, I'm, I can't wait to bet, but um, I'd give, I, I'd take, I'd say Randy Brown and um, I'd like it to go the distance. I like hey, it. hey, Randy. Hey, Randy. I think it's interesting that me and Jared uh, agreed with, uh, you know, the uh, blue side with uh, Sally cough here. And I think that unconsciously it was because, we may have believed that Sally Koff would take down Randy Brown, right? Whereas Randy Brown is very comfortable uh, with his back to the canvas, but is lethal with that uh, very, very evasive jujitsu. So I had to switch sides again and say, fuck, man, Randy Brown could win by submission. So he has more options. I like that. It makes sense, dude. It makes sense. Jesse, you got anything on this one, man? Yeah, okay. So I've only ever heard... Of Randy Brown, I don't know Muslim, but you know, just from my experience, height, weight, and age difference is very, very big. Um, however, kung fu, karate, just those Asian backgrounds are also very good at closing distance. So, I don't know. I've never seen him fight, so I don't know his fighting style. However, um, you know, in the past with practical karate, we've seen that they're very good at closing distance. So, who knows? You know. I wish I knew more about these guys to say something more credible, but you know, if he can close that reach distance and that height difference, then, you know, he might actually be able to do something. The Muslim side is not a bad side, man. Like I, I am on the Randy Brown side for the record because mostly it seems like the UFC wants this dude to win, man. Um, it seems like they like Randy Brown. I don't know how they feel about Muslim. So yeah, man, I'm on the Randy Brown side. Um, I, I think that he's going to be probably the better striker. He's going to be the more well-rounded fighter. Give me Randy Brown knockout round two. Give it to me. Let's go. Um, second fight of the night. Not the best fight. I'm sorry, Alex, to give you this one right off the bat, but you're, you are in order here after Harry. Harry was first. You're second. Shamil Gazia versus Another one. Pretty much the same as the last fight. I'm on. I kind of like the over here, you know, but in my opinion, I think Shamil is going to be coming out the gate, kind of winning early. And, you know, back-to-back fights where I try to just wait for a live bet opportunity. You know, I believe in Martin Boudet's cardio. I just think Shamil comes out like a bat out of hell. And, you know, 
I, I just something tells me to stay away from this fight. I, I would get my live bet trigger ready, but I'm on the over one and a half. I just kind of think this gets a little bit sloppy. Yeah. I just don't want to have anything to do with it at all. Two big old kind of middle of the road heavyweights. But gun to my weird. head, I'll take you know, I'll take uh, Boudet round three knockout. Boudet, dude. You're going to make him give you... Uh, Gazeev gets his first L. I like it. Okay. And you're going knockout round three? Damn. That's wild. I uh, I will follow you on that, probably. We'll see. Um, Jared, you're next, man. What do you got? Yeah, I'm not going to be much help here. I looked at this <laughs> fight. I said I'm not going to waste my time doing any research on this. If anybody has a strong lean on this fight, I would love to hear it. Because I just looked at these two. I don't think Boudet is good. He's 4-0 in the UFC. I don't think anyone he's beaten is good. Shamil Shamil is unproven. He comes into his contender series fight minus 1,000. Within 60 seconds, he's on the ground with his back taken. Even though he got the finish in that round, I'm like, there's two things I don't like to bet on. Low-level women, low-level heavyweights. If you want to be in the UFC... The easiest way to get there is to be a heavyweight or be a woman. I want nothing to do with this. If you got a strong lean, please tell me. But uh, I'll go Shamil KO round one. Why not? Well, these days you can be a man potentially fighting women. That's another really quick way to to get there, right? And, dude, if you're going to tell me that Chris Barnett isn't the GOAT, you're wild, dude. Chris Barnett's the shit. Um. Obviously kidding. He's uh he's just very fun to watch fight. I'm a fan too though. I'm a fan. Dude, I love him. He's like he's he's shorter. He's like four ten and three hundred and fifty pounds or whatever. Dude's awesome. Jesse, you got a take on this fight, heavyweights? Uh this is another tough one for me. Um I think first of all it's admirable how much research you guys do into these guys. I wish I had the time. Um but same instincts just going off of uh size, weight, age. It seems very similar. I don't know enough about these guys' fighting styles to say anything really controversial, but I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm gonna agree with you with what you guys are saying on this one. Okay. I mean, these guys are similar. I mean, same size, same age. Um, you know, I don't know, man. It, it is tough for me. I just gotta go Gaziev. There's no real lean either way. I I, I could not really give a shit about this fight. Uh, Harry, do you have a strong take on this one, man? I like what Jared mentioned. He's like, God damn, how, how do you back someone like Shamil Gaziev, who's supposed to be this high-level prospect when he's on the canvas, right? But you, you got to realize that his opponent, uh, the Contender Series guy, was a, uh, a, a credentialed wrestler, I think, in high school, like Ricky Simone, right? So that that justifies that, you know, Jared? Uh, Budai here, Budai, he's no fucking wrestler. He's a striker. And it's interesting. Both these fighters are very polarizing because their, uh, fighting styles are opposite each other, like opposing magnets. Budai is going to seek to clinch and drive him into the wall. Whereas Shamil wants to take the center of the octagon and fucking strike this guy to oblivion or wrestle him down on the, on the mat early. I love that Shamil does possess an uppercut that could put him away, you know, uh, Budai away. So I like the Shamil side. I also like that he's an underdog. And uh, you're right, Alex, uh, Budai's record is somewhat padded. Yeah. I mean, 
we got to say the same thing about Gaziev too, right? I mean, his record's got to be padded fighting out of freaking Russia, Bahrain, right? I mean, that's probably a pretty padded record as well, especially we see the skill level being 11 or no. I, I tend to agree with All right, you. We got two conspiracy theories with this fight, though, because uh, Trump's supposed to be there and he's dating a Slovakian woman. And you know how the UFC he's is married with these new her. guys. We know how UFC is with these new guys from countries that we don't know about. They love to build the market. So, you know. Trump ain't watching no prelims. Yeah, Trump's not fucking around with that. He's out there blowing fucking rails out of a prostitute's ass for sure. But uh, yeah, Harry, I love the take, dude. I love the take. I, uh, I'm i disappointed you didn't follow me back on Instagram, Harry. Followed you out there. Didn't get a follow back. Uh <laughs> You know, we'll see. We'll see if we can get that follow. I got to find that. I got to find that request, man. I get, <laughs> I get so podcast. many notifications, bro. I got so many ghost accounts, like professional boxers and shit. Well, I, one day, somebody said, this is John Jones. Oh, yeah. I, could, no. I swear to God, I have a, a thread like that. Uh, the, the ghost account is, is named uh, Ghost Bleed. Ghost Bleed. And Ooh. I'm like, what is this? And uh, I was over at Fight Ready. And and it's it's ironic because uh, John Jones has had left the gym the week prior, and I had recently arrived, and I was talking all sorts of shit uh, on my story. Uh, you know, Alex could attest to that. And uh, he sent me a message, and he said, "Hey, you you got to cut back on what you're suggesting here. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, uh, Cyril Gan's not kicking my ass. No way. You know, he was, right, like he was so heavy on Gan in that fight. You know, he was right." Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, watching your stories, Harry, and not to derail too much, I, I was thinking in my head, I was like, this dude's going to be a really fucking cool grandpa someday. Like, the way that you tell stories, it's like, I can listen to them, dude. It's fucking great. And I'm not even joking. Like, you're going to be a fucking cool grandpa someday. To where it's just like, y- the young kids are going to be listening to you, talking some crazy shit. And it's going to be something fucking <laughs> hilarious for these kids to listen to man you're a good storyteller funny Ryan that's funny man um and yeah i mean it with the full uh full respect there so jared this is you uh andre feely versus lucas almeida what do you got yeah this was this is another tough fight um i'm a big fan of andre feely he's a vet been around for a while lucas almeida he's really explosive but um in that trezano fight i think his chin got shown a little bit because he did knock out Trezano, but but in the first round, he had gotten cracked. That fight was probably 30 seconds away from being over if the round didn't end. Uh, and then he got absolutely manhandled by Pat Sabatini. He, the threats that Pat Sabatini has, you're not going to have to worry about that as much with Andre Feely. This, I think it's going to play out to be a pretty close kickboxing fight on the feet. I think Feely probably has a grappling edge in his back pocket. I'm not sure if he's going to use it. I'd like to think Uriah Faber has him in there with a good game plan. Um, I would have to side with Feely, and I would I would lean somebody gets finished here because no. Almeida's explosive, and Feely damn near killed Nathaniel Wood in that first round. So I, I think he'll come back, and I think he's probably not going to want to let things get to the scorecards yeah. after that tough decision loss. So... I'm going to side with Feely, and I'll take the KO. We'll say round one. Okay. Yeah, I like it, man. Um, Jesse, do you have a take on this fight? Are you familiar with these dudes? I am not, no. Okay. However, I am a Sacramento-born, so 
of course, I'm going to have to root for my Sacramento guy. So let's uh, go. It looks like, I mean, slight reach advantage, same height, same weight. So similar age. So, I mean, not knowing their backgrounds or their previous fights, there's not really much for me to go off of besides favoritism. Got to go with the team alpha male guy there then. Yeah, touchy-feely is not bad, man. I agree with what Jared said with Feely has the grappling edge. But will he use it? My thought is no. I, I don't think he will. Even though that's clearly a kryptonite for Almeida, who's a power puncher. This dude's clearly got the power edge, in my opinion. Uh, losing to Pat Sabatini by submission. That's what I think that these uh, Henzo Gracie dudes do out there. They're good grapplers. They're striking as shit, though, man. I've said that so many times. Their striking's bad, dude. Like, like you look at, you look at um, Sean Brady, right, who won his last fight. But he got standing TKO'd by Malal Muhammad. I know Harry made the point that, you know, there's the reasons for that, the travel, all this stuff. I think the only good striker out there that I can that comes to mind is Joe Pfeiffer. Um, but these guys aren't good strikers, man. So, you know, I, I don't know why I'm talking about Henzo Gracie so much right now. But I think what I'm going to just say just right away is that I think that Lucas Almeida probably gets kind of a quick knockout over Andre Feely. I know touchy Feely's he's pretty tough. Um, he has the, the, the grappling edge, but I think Lucas Almeida gets a round one knockout. And I know that that's tough to say if we're talking about featherweights here. Um, but I think, I think that this is what happens, man. I think that, uh, and clearly I'm in the minority, but I think Almeida definitely gets a knockout. And I think it comes pretty quick. If not round one, I think it happens in round two. Harry, where are you at here, man? Uh, in that fight, man, I can't wait, uh, till Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see what the betting splits are like on DraftKings to see how how much the public is backing Philly. You know, I, I like Lucas Almeida, man. I don't think that uh, in his weight class there is a more lethal black belt in Muay Thai and kickboxing, man. That guy is great, man. You know, I, I won't say, you know, top five caliber, but man, just a, a, a year or two more and competitive fights, he, he could get there. But unfortunately, I don't think he has a good base. I don't think he has options. I don't think he has an answer for if Touchy Feely starts to relentlessly uh, grapple this guy to death. His, his uh, offensive differentials are like three points. So, uh, you know, that should be the game plan. Just take this guy down as soon as you get an opportunity for it before you get knocked the fuck out. And uh, going through his grid on Instagram, man, Feely's expressed through the captions, I think, on two posts or three. Most recently in the last 30 days that he's he's tired of losing, man. Like he's just he's just overwhelmed. Like he wants something different about the outcome of this fight. And, you know, I don't know if you guys recall, but he was supposed to be one of the top prospects, you know, in uh, three years ago. One of one of the rising stars in the UFC to, to become nothing and then lose that fight to Nathaniel Wood that he won that fight, man. He, he definitely won that fight. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, nothing's jumping. So if 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 we're talking about Andre Feely, takedown accuracy 47%, that's, that's not good, dude. Takedown defense for Almeida is 40%, though. So it's not it's not good either. What are you what are you making these faces for, Alex? What are you talking about? Oh, matter, dude. Andre Feely got all the ways to win. He can get them takedowns. He's got all the better. The, but is he going to use them? 
I think he's gonna. I mean, he's got Uriah Faber. He has to. He has no choice. He has no choice. He's getting knocked the fuck out if he doesn't. I right. still think he can hang on the feet. You know, he he's hung on the feet with just, just as good a guys. You know, look at his roster. Look at his strength of schedule. I think he I think he could hang in here. I think he's 100% the rightful favorite. And especially going after a heavy wrestler like um, Nathaniel Wood. And, you know, being wet blanketed like that. I think he could use that to his advantage and i think he's got a lot more wrestling under his belt if he's going for two takedowns 2.22 takedowns every five minutes you gotta think he's gonna get one of them but it doesn't bother you i know if he's hurt i trust him to go for the takedown i really do so my pick is andre feely i'm gonna go with uh decision Okay. It doesn't bother you that his only win since October of 2020 is a split decision over Mr. Perfect? No, that's not Mr. Absolutely Perfect. Not. Absolutely Senior not. Senior Perfecto, sorry. I said Senior That's Perfecto. a good win. That's a good win on his on his track record. But you got to think, this guy but goes awesome. decisions, close decisions. Most of his fights are typically close. Um, even Bryce that's Mitchell. Because of his poor cardio. On Bryce that's Mitch. because of his poor cardio. Yeah, man. We'll see. We'll agree to disagree here, boys. Okay. Uh, did everyone uh, everyone get their picks in here, correct? Yes? All right. Um, I will take this one unless you – do you know much about Cody Durden and Tagir Tug- Lumbeckoff here? I'm pretty sure. I'm, I don't know. Until the main these, card? Any of these early – Okay. I got, I got insider information on this one. I will um, go to you next then, Harry, because I just wanted to start with this, man. I am yeah, all yeah. in on Cody Durden, okay? Um, Cody Durden, I will never bet against until he loses because this dude was supposed to lose all four of these fights. And he's going out there and for the most part, I mean, just dominating these fights. Uh, JP Bays, yeah, that's an easy win. But yeah, give me Cody Durden. Um, over to Gear Ulan Bekov. Uh, I mean, you know, give me, give me probably a decision win. But I mean, I don't understand how people are sleeping on Durden still. Now, Harry, I want to go to you right away. Because what is this insider information that you got here? So, so I'll share with you my perspective, you know, my take and my side. And then I'll share. And, and But I'll begin uh, with uh, uh, what, what uh, the people in his camp said, right? The people uh, watching him spar and things of that nature, right? That, that's what I do, man. That, that's how you really make it. You, you got to find a friend. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's uh, very close to the fight game. I thought, uh, you know, when I first started betting, I was okay. But then I said, God damn, you got to get into these gyms somehow so that you could uh, increase your your cap rate. You know, so I was I went from 66 percent to like 78 just visiting two, two, three gyms in Long Island, New York and Arizona, so on and so forth. Anyway, man. So I reach out. This guy says. Several of them said. I think that to gear Ulan Bekoff will dominate the wrestling exchange with Cody Durden. Okay. Which to me was like, what the fuck? Right? Okay, hold on, pause. And then they said, but I, I, I'm I, afraid that Cody Durden, because of, uh, you know, his recent fights, strength of schedule, and his sparring partners, he's going to have an incredible edge in the striking. So after that was said, and that's clear by most of them, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait, but I have it. Where Tagir Ulan Bekov's reach is beyond three, four inches uh, of that of uh, Cody Durden. So how the fuck is the striking 
the edge on, on that guy. And, and so that made no sense. And then I believe, like they did, that Tagir's got the wrestling. He's got the grappling. He's got the, he can handle this guy, especially when Cody's neck is hanging out there. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. If the betting splits are, you know, very popular with Cody Durden as a plus 130, plus 140, and I'm talking 70% of the bets, I'm sticking with Tagir Ulanbekov. 100%. 100%. So that's the side that you're on. You're on to gear. Yeah. Man, it's interesting. When you go back and forth on these stats, it seems like every single stat is kind of in favor of Cody. I mean, the strikes absorb per minute, yeah, almost a full strike less than to gear. And then he's got the better takedown defense. He's got the, the, uh, the higher takedown accuracy, the higher takedown defense. He's got everything. So, you know, going off numbers alone, did you say, Harry, that you were partial to Durden initially? Initially, I liked Durden because I didn't like to gear strength of schedule. I don't like so much inactivity. I don't like that he's training overseas, then comes to the UFCPI and and starts to pick and choose the gyms and sparring partners to see, you know, if he's in good shape for a fight. I don't like that about him. But I see a lot of edge here with him, not just in the wrestling, the grappling, but the striking because of that fucking reach and because of the the opponents he's faced, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I will say the reach isn't going to be as, as, as important, I don't think, because he's not taller. If you're taller and you have the bigger reach, it's a big difference. But they're both 5'7", and it, it is a 3-inch, you know, this is 1.5 inches on each hand. So... I, I see what you're saying, dude, and I, I tend to uh, be persuaded by your argument, but I'm still sticking with Dirt, and I think that he gets the decision, but I respect that take. Alex, where are you at here on this one, man? I'm going to grab another beer. Another one that I don't really want to touch because I see it going to a close decision. Do you want to bet a close decision? No, it could go either way. It's pretty much a t- you pick a number out of a hat at that point. I would put a little bit of money. I got a hot take. I put a little bit of sprinkle, a little money on maybe a split decision in this fight. Definitely one I would eye, but I do, I do like the strength of schedule of Tagir. Um, I think if anyone's going to finish this fight, it's going to be Tagir. So I'll take Tagir just because I see him having the finish ability here. But uh, at that line, I'm not confident, especially at the, the juiced over line. The over here is I trust both of them to, you know, make it there. I just would be worried about, like, to gear a submission. Other than that, it, more it's unpredictable when you go to a close decision. You know, Dirt and you know, to get close. So I'm going to go with a split decision for to gear. Split decision. That's probably going to be some good odds, too. Jared, you're uh, rounding this one out. What do you got, man? Yeah, so when Cody Durden came into the UFC and he – Let's Jimmy Flick hit a flying triangle on him. I'm like, <laughs> did he really? Yeah, dude. And I'm like, I, I want nothing to do with this guy. I mean, you gonna let Jimmy Flick hit that shit on you? But Cody Durden has absolutely redeemed himself. He has really shown some serious improvement, especially in the stand up. I feel like this could be one of those fights where it's like, you got two grapplers and the grappling cancels out and now they're going to be on their feet. If it stays on their feet, I do think Tagir's better, but Cody Durden showed some serious improvements. Tagir's got a questionable gas tank. I think Elliot exposed a lot of holes in their fight. Um, Tagir's active on his back early, 
the later the fight goes on, it seems like he accepts positions more. And even if he is active off his back, I'm not super worried about it because he's actually ne- with all the submissions he has, he's actually never hit a submission from his back. So I, I'm going to side with Durden here. He's getting better and better. And I think after this, they're going to stop making him an underdog. Okay. Yeah, man. I wonder if we're missing something, Jared, because I feel like it's a no brainer, but then you hear, you know, Alex and Harry going the other way. Um, you know, Jesse not having a strong opinion on this one. It's just an unpredictable fight. I'm telling you. Well, this it is. So it's split you this know, Jared, Jared is suggesting that this is staying on the feet. So that implies that, uh, oh boy, Cody Durden is going to clinch this guy against the wall, man. Razor sharp elbows and shit, just like Marab did to Joseph. Though. You get what I'm like? That right. That's the game plan. And to gears up against the wall, I mean, holy cow, you know, we got a problem. But to gears be- better have get an Ezekiel choke or some shit standing up there. You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you better figure it out. Yeah, man, it is interesting. We're starting to get into these good fights. And I want to move a little bit quicker through these prelims because I want to spend some more time on the main card. So if we can run through these a little quicker, guys, just since there is five of us. Um, I think I started the last one. Harry, we're back to you starting. We got Alonzo Manifield, a serious power puncher versus a fucking badass kickboxer in Dustin Jacoby. Um, this is a cut and dry fight to me, but what are you seeing on this one, Harry? Oh, man, Dustin Jacoby, he's controlling that distance. He could do whatever he wants with those power punches. And I think uh, uh, if, if uh, Dustin Jacoby faced off with uh, NCAA Division One wrestlers in his uh, between his debut, second and third fight uh, at the middleweight division. And uh, yeah, crazy, huh? And, um, you know, after that, you know, he, he got to Factory X and started improving uh, that takedown defense, you know, pretty much getting up and shit, just like Alex Pereira does. So uh, I, I got him here moving on and, and hopefully moving up the, the rankings. And, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 I don't like that he took that loss with Khalil Roundtree. I would have liked to have seen this glory kickboxer, you know, uh, pick a fight with uh, uh, Alex Pereira, you know? Yeah, that would be fucking bad. I would actually – are you talking about just Dustin Jacoby fighting Pereira? Yeah. A fight that I actually really want to see in the 205 uh, division is Khalil Roundtree versus uh, Alex Pereira. I think that would be such a fucking badass fight, man. Really- and shit. And you know what's interesting, Ryan? You know, the UFC probably came down, uh, rang the, the judge, and said, hey, you better fucking score that for Khalil Roundtree. Because uh, they, they project way ahead, bro. They project right. like like two years ahead. So they probably already had this matchmaking, you know, foreseen and shit. And then they said, well, we'll throw Anthony Smith in there or somebody that Khalil could get through and we'll we'll pin him with Alex Pereira. And I, I do believe this wholeheartedly because when I, I've never seen Sean Shelby smile at all when he's at weight <laughs> and face offs. No, no, he, he he's very neutral. Right. But holy fuck, when I saw him uh, face off with not just John Blockowitz, uh, it was also with uh, who, who was his most recent fight, Alex Yuri. Pereira, with Yuri Prochaska. Man, it was a grin from ear to ear, and I knew for a fact. I said they want this guy to get through. I knew it, man. I knew it. So I'm pretty sure he's been a part of this whole uh, middleweight to light heavyweight division and championship, yeah. uh, you know, uh, projection for a while now. That's my opinion. 
Well, who's that ref real quick? And then I want to move on. But who's that ref that both ref that fight, the Yuri Pereira fight, and then the Adesanya Pereira fight? That same ref. Who is that? Mark Goddard. Mark Goddard. Mark Goddard and Alex Pereira are going to get married someday because both of those stoppages were just a little early, just a little early. Right now. I love Alex Pereira, but holy shit. These, uh, these dudes are, uh, in love with each other, I think. But Alex, you are next, I believe. Cause yeah, Harry started that one. I think. Sounds just like, uh, you know, a typical Mark Goddard fight. You know, he's been having fishy stoppages and that's why it's so important to know who the ref is before the fight. We were so struggling to get that information. We used to have it, and it's so hard to get a hold of. But with that being said, I'm going to go with I love violence here. I think there's going to be a knockout. I like the no distance, and I'm going to lead on the Dustin Jacoby side because I, I, I'm a big fan. You know, I think he's gotten screwed in the past, but he's marketable. And, you know, I think they would love to do a Perea match, a rematch because it's just like – it wouldn't build a nice storyline. So I'm going to go with Dustin Nanko. It's in the cards. It's in the cards. Uh, Jared, thoughts? So, yeah, I'm going to try to keep it quick. I think we can all agree Dustin Jacoby got robbed against Khalil Roundtree. I think if you can deal with the power of Khalil, you should be able to deal with the power of Menafield. I think that's really the only threat Menafield's presenting is that one-hitter quitter. It's interesting. Dustin Jacoby's got that higher output. He's more technical. I think he can get the finish. I think he can outpoint a decision. I think this is Jacoby's fight to win. And just high high volume. Menafield could have some big moments, but Jacoby, I, I think he'll be fine. I'm going to go with Jacoby. I would think a later knockout, but I'm going to say this is one of those ones that at the end you're like, holy shit, how did this go the distance? So right. I'm going to say Dustin Jacoby by decision, and it won't be sweaty this time. Yeah, these odds are a little goofy. Um, I know that these aren't the 100% accurate odds, but it doesn't seem like Jacoby should be almost a three-to-one favorite, two-and-a-half-to-one favorite over uh, such a power puncher that literally retired Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute's retired now. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting thing after they fought twice. Um, any thoughts on this one, Jesse? Uh, not the fight itself, but just to touch on Goddard. Um, <laughs> I know there was a lot of controversy after uh, Aljo, you know, the Aljo fanboys were arguing that maybe that was stopped a little bit early, but then, you know, the O'Malley guys were saying, well, Aljo kind of face planted a little bit, but I think there's a argument that he's not an early stoppage ref, but he's a safe ref. Cause at the same, you know, at the same time, we have to understand that they're there to protect the fighters. And uh, as for Yuri, I love the guy, but, you know, after those elbows, when he fell back on his back, even if he didn't stop it, Alex would have just ground and pounded and, you know, caused some permanent damage to Yuri. So uh, I'd have to say that that stoppage was pretty clean, in my opinion, especially when the man says in post-fight that he was out. You know, you got to respect that. Yeah, so, both stoppages were fine. It's just like it was just a little it seemed like I mean, there's a little bit of room for error there. Right. I mean, that that's always how it is. Now, you'd rather see that than what we saw with like Bobby Green. And fucking uh, Jalen Turner, you don't want to see some dude that's unconscious getting the fuck beat out of him, right? So, and I know that that broke Alex's heart there. That was, uh, you know, it was sad to see that. But, dude, okay, so I'm going to say this. uh, Dustin Jacoby, uh, Jared, you mentioned that he could handle the power of Khalil Roundtree. I would argue that he couldn't. 
Obviously, he didn't get knocked out, but he did lose. And he did get dropped on his ass by Azamat Mirzakhanov, who is a he's a hard hitter, but he's not as hard of a hitter as Alonzo Manifield or Khalil Roundtree. But he did lose to both of these hard hitters. Now, with me saying that, don't get me wrong, I am on the Dustin Jacoby side here. I just think that these odds are wild. Um, I don't know if anyone has access to the odds right now, but they shouldn't be minus 245 for Dustin Jacoby, man. It should be closer to like a 150, 175. Yeah, there you go. I looked earlier today. It was minus 270. He said he's up to minus 300 now. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me at all. So I think that there's some value on the Alonzo Manifield side here. Um, This is a, a heavier weight class. This is the second heaviest weight class. And if anyone's live for a knockout here, just a flash knockout, it is Alonzo Manifield in this fight. I think that he's probably more likely to get a stoppage, you know, um, unless the unless uh, he fatigues and, and Jacoby's able to get a stoppage that way. But, man, just betting that amount of money on Jacoby, I don't know. It, it doesn't really make sense to me. I am on that side, but I don't know. If you're giving me like $1,000 free to just bet, I'm going to throw them on the money line for, for Manafield. You know what I mean? But if I'm putting my hard-earned money on a fighter, I'm probably going with Jacoby, and I'm probably going, you know, the smarter side of this. But those odds don't make sense to me, man. So if you're giving me a method, Dustin Jacoby decision, uh, probably unanimous. But uh, we're getting into the ladies. Ariana Lipsky, one of the sexiest women in the UFC, right? You know I love my Latinas, my uh, – you know, these Brazilian girls are just something else, man. I forget who was who was the last one to go. Um, was it you, Alex? I think you started. Um, Jared. Uh, you got uh, the- wow, you're giving me another Latina of yours? I can't this is it. the same the same shit that happened last weekend. You got to start off the Luana Santos fight, right? So you get to take yep. another uh and, and, and Casey O'Neill, she'd be attractive if she didn't have that forehead on her. You know what I mean? And That's those a five heads uh, strong. Thing. That strong jawline, too. I kind of see an Adam's apple there as well. But, yeah, what do you got, man? So, Ariane Lipsky is, without a doubt, the better striker. She's been kind of hit or miss. Doesn't have the best strength of schedule. Her losses aren't really that bad, aside from Montana De La Rosa. But the girls she beats, they're not the best girls. Um, if this was like a one FC kickboxing fight, Ariane Lipsky should be minus 500. The fact that there's going to be wrestling involved, Casey O'Neill is going to be rinse and repeat, just shooting takedowns on her. That's how she has to win this fight. She's just going to have to spam takedowns over and over again. I think she has the cardio to do it. Jennifer Maya, we have to appreciate her because she really proved to us that Casey O'Neill is horrible on the feet. Her striking is really bad. When prior to that Maya fight, I mean, I was hearing people say she's going to run through the division. She could be the champ. And that got stopped real quick against a vet like Maya. So yeah. she showed a lot of holes in Casey's game. And that was a lock. I dropped the bill. <laughs> so, so when I was... So obviously Casey O'Neill, her path to victory is going to be wrestling, right? So I had in my head, Ariane Lipsky has really bad takedown defense. And then I look at the, her takedown defense percentage. It's sitting at 78%. That didn't make sense to me because I'm like, why do I have in my head? She has bad takedown defense. Well, it makes sense. Up until this year, she had really bad takedown defense. 
her past two fights against J.J. Aldrich and Melissa Gatto, those two girls shot a combined 19 takedowns on her and didn't get any of them. Yeah. But that's, that's Melissa Gatto and that's J.J. Aldrich. That, if you take those two fights away, her, her takedown defense percentage goes from 78 to 55. And we know Gatto's not a wrestler. Right. And then even more so than that, if you go one fight further back, it's Mandy Bohm. Mandy Bum shoots four takedowns on her. Can't get one. That And if it wasn't for that fight, it would be sitting at 48%. So that number is really inflated. And I think that's something to keep in mind with a really strong wrestler like O'Neal. She's going to be relentless, man. She's going to be crotch sniffing all night, and I can't blame her. I, mean, I would, want? too. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying. If I was in there, would I be crotch sniffing on Lipsky as well? Um, yeah, Jesse, you got any? So, do you have a method? Do you have any kind of uh, idea on this one? Yeah, I think um, Casey O'Neill can crotch sniff her way to a boring decision. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the consensus for a lot of people. I think that it makes sense too. Jesse, you have an idea? Do you, have, you pay attention to either one of these ladies? Uh, I have not. Okay. Um, I will say, man, I agree with everything that you're saying there, Jared. Casey O'Neill seems to be like the the more talented girl and whatnot. You look at the records, nine and one, 16 and eight. You're like, yeah, it's the no brainer. But I will say, man, that Ariana Lipsky seems to be improving. And I think that Casey O'Neill thought that she was invincible until she fought a middle of the road UFC level girl, right? And Jennifer Mine. Um, I know that she's fought a few of these girls, but I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these people that she's beating, are just shit, dude. Like, yeah, the the lesser Shevchenko girl, she's horrible, right? She's downright shitty. Um, now Roxanne Montaferi, decent, not great, but decent. Lovin. Huh? McLovin. McLovin, she does kind of, yeah. Um, and then Jennifer Maya, like I said, middle of the road. Casey O'Neill faced a little bit of adversity and she fucking hits a wall. I think that this is one of those things where, you know, you have Ariana Lipsky who is trying to better herself. She's trying to get higher and higher up in the division. She, I think it is kind of interesting. We've got, uh, you know, King versus Queen of Violence. It's kind of wild. But I will disagree just real quick by in, in saying that, you know, the takedown numbers, the takedown defense accuracy, uh, or takedown defense, you know, whatever the fuck we're going to call that. I think that it's it's validated. I think that, you know, J.J. Aldrich, she's one of the least athletic women in the UFC, right? But she tries very hard. And and you can't really, you can't, you can't teach heart, you can't teach these things. J.J. Aldrich seems to be one of these girls that is kind of improving as well. So while what you're saying makes sense to me, Jared, um, I have to just slightly disagree that those numbers aren't validated in her takedown defense specifically. I think Ariana Lipsky is improving. I think Casey O'Neill might have hit a wall, and I think that she might be disappointed in her, you know where she's at, and I think that she might fall off here. I think she gets her second loss uh, ever and in the UFC, and I think uh, the queen of violence beats the king here, dude. I think that she does it probably by decision. Could be a split. This isn't something that I would drop the fucking balance on, as Alex says. But, uh, yeah, man, this is uh, this is an interesting, interesting fight. But yeah, well, give me it's the it's uh, an important fight too. I mean, Casey O'Neill, she's already ranked number twelve, right? Is, yeah. So this this is make or break right now. 
She has the rank number 12, and this is a prove it or lose it situation. Yep. Yeah, give Wait, me it's a prove it or lose it situation for who? Casey O'Neill being ranked number 12, fighting the non ranked Lipsky. Wow, man. I'm definitely hitting this bitch on the money line. I need a loan. Hey. I need a loan. Who are you on? Because give me, let me just put it this way. Give me probably the either the most attractive or the second most attractive female in the entire world of MMA. Okay. This is, it's, this is Ryan, this is what I got, right? So uh, Lipsky does have the sharper striking, right? From, from you know, from A to B, right? And, and those looping swings that uh, O'Neal was showcasing, you know, she, she has the kicks that could paralyze her, right? In her place. We also know that in the clinch, because we saw it with Melissa Gatto, who's a great grappler, Ariane Lipsky was effective. She was landing on the body. So we also know, and you bring up great points, that after her championship win at KSW, she moves on to the UFC and she does terrible. She got so displaced in 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 her whole aspiration to be this incredible championship fighter with the UFC that she had issues at her gym. She falls in love. Now her coach is with her, her, her husband. And still, you know, she gets a, a, a fight. She bounces back from, and then another two losses until finally she ends up at the lioness studio with Amanda Nunes. And now she's streaking. As a what twenty, a twenty-nine year old, a thirty-year-old in her prime, 29. yeah, uh, and 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 she has an opportunity to break into the rankings right now, break into the rankings where where they thought she would have, they thought she would have, uh, uh, who who, who was she? They, Priscilla Cachoeira, uh, uh, Lipsky didn't make the weight. She needed the weight, so she, you know, I I I presume, uh could get some top control over Priscilla and submit her. I, I, I speculate that's what it was, but she would have been on a four fight win streak and breaking into the rankings. Remember she was a KSW champion, just like Gamrot, you know, maybe that's why the judges leaned Gamrot when he fought Armin. So I like this spot for Lipsky. I didn't know that Casey O'Neill was number 12. Like this is a big deal. A, a young 26-year-old King Casey? Who gives a shit? She's 26. She'll bounce back. <laughs> Who cares? She'll lose her ranking. Who gives a shit? You could get Lipsky through the rankings. Wow. And she's a plus 164 again? Yeah. Give it to me all wow. day. All day. Wow, bro. I might drop. Ah, man. Man, I got to find a loan, man. I got to find a loan. <laughs> Okay, so I take it you're on Lipsky and probably by decision, yeah, Harry? <laughs> yeah, 100%, because this girl's going to want to grapple her. If she gets submitted, that's on her fault. That's her fault, because she could have kept it standing and competitive. You know, I, I scattered, uh, I, I put an overlay on the video, on the UFC uh, video when watching tape. I, I, I put an overlay on it, and I plotted uh, a, a, a scatter plot. I put data points and I saw that Casey O'Neill uh, uh, against uh, Jennifer Maya, her her uh, her um, her her she slowed down. Her striking has slowed down with Roxanne Mandafiori, with Antonia Shevchenko, with Lara. You know her other opponents. She was fast as fuck. 
I don't know if that has to do with her ACL. She just got repaired. But for some reason, man, she avoided Ariana Rahu in September and supposedly was ailing from something. That's why she pulled out. That was just September 9th. Dude, this is a smash spot. If there's one thing I know about MMA, bro, I know women, bro. I'm telling you. This, <laughs> no, I'm telling things. you. I think the UFC wants this Arion Lipskin the rankings, man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see her than uh, than King Casey. Uh, Alex, you are the only one that hasn't given a pick yet. What do you got? No distance. I hate this fight. If I were to bet some of the other props, you know, I'll take Casey to get a takedown, one plus takedown. I'd be willing to take a shot on that. But I see violence. I think they're both chinny. I think that this is the most powerful girl that Casey O'Neill has fought in the power stand-up. I think uh, Lipsky's chin is questionable as well. I think Casey O'Neill's a little bit better in the BJJ. I like violence here, plus 150, no distance. Yeah, Lipsky has been knocked out four times. So it is it is sketchy, but she's you know she's a tough girl, and uh, like I said, just look at that. I mean, just gorgeous. So I can't I can't just I can't say no to her. But Quit simping. I know, dude. I just love these uh these Latina girls, man. It's something they do something to me. But yeah, Cody Garbrandt versus Brian Kelleher. I will take this one. This is a great fight, and I know that uh, it sounds like like Jesse's got an opinion on this as well. Wild, wild fight here. Cody Garbrandt, I mean, former champion, but Chinny is all hell, man. I mean, uh, one of the most talented dudes. He out-footworked Dominic Cruz. Um, just a really, really talented dude. But I can't bet on someone with chin issues. This is why I, I, I'm mad at, uh, I think it was Alex. Who else was it that fucking convinced me to bet on Terman? I think it was just you, Alex. I think everyone else was on... Uh, I think everyone else was against Terman in that fight, man. And it was I was like, good till it didn't. It was looking great. <laughs> it was looking great till it didn't. Um, but yeah, Jared, man. He, why he, are you laughing? He ruined parlays. He, he ruined shit for me that night. What's up, Jared? Oh, no. I was just laughing because it was, it's too true. It was looking great. Up it was looking fight. phenomenal. He was murdering that dude and then just got caught with one punch. And then he looked like he was about to cry. Um, so yeah, man, I gotta go with Kelleher here. Um, you know, obviously it, it, it may not make sense to most people, but I just feel like, like, I think he's going to chin Cody. Um, Cody gets a little cocky. He's not what he used to be. Um, give me Kelleher, give me a knockout, probably round two, maybe round three, but I, I think Kelleher knockout. Uh, what do you got? Jesse? Yeah. So this is actually one I do have an opinion about, um, Neither one of them have been as active as you would like them to be. Uh, personally, however, Cody um, being knocked out by Kai and then losing by decision from Rob Font is kind of embarrassing, um, especially because I know he did have a great run in the later 2010s. Um, but Brian, his past few lot, which he hasn't been, you know, any more active. However, his past losses were by submission. And personally, from someone who uh, grapples, I would rather be losing by submission than getting knocked out or TKO'd. Um, so I don't know. I think his Cody's TKO slash KO loss to Kai is probably a little bit more detrimental, um, which I know he won uh, his last fight by decision. But 
at the same time, I don't know. I think a decision, uh, sub loss to Brian, uh, probably gives him more room to work better than Cody here. So that's my opinion. Hot take, maybe, but so who do you got? Brian, for sure. Brian by knockout. Uh, or do you got a method or round or anything? No, I'm not the greatest with that. Yeah, um, usually tough. that's where I lose all my money because I <laughs> I like to go for higher odds, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think minus 220 is fair for Cody, in my opinion. Especially three fights in three years, two of them being losses, one of them being a knockout, you know. I'm taking a money line on, on plus 180. I mean, it's probably a little different than that on the books. But, yeah, dude, taking a taking a money line on a dog is – I mean, there's no shame in that. So, I mean, we got we got two picks for Brian Kelleher right now. Uh, Harry, you're up next on the list. What do you got here, dude? Uh, man, I – you know uh, – so this guy Brian Kelleher just got the uh, C five and C six uh, vertebrae. Yeah, uh, of the uh, for spinal motion on the neck, <laughs> fused right, fused. This was I think May June, May or June. Now, not only that, but despite you know being a dog and having grit and being relentless. And I don't want to downplay him at all, downgrade him at all. I, I think he, he's a great fighter. He's very deserving of, of, of having fought for a promotion like this elite. He still played ice hockey, soccer, and bowling before he got into MMA in 2007. So Cody, who's 30, who's a great boxer and can wrestle, I mean... I'll go with the guy who's rather chinny like a Johnny Walker than someone who's got surgery and isn't truly credentialed in MMA, despite good wins and, and good losses. Um, and he's he's training out of his garage, uh, sparring partners here and there. Cody's had a whole camp twice now because I think Cody pulled out of a fight. Well, who, who did he pull out of a fight from? It, it, it was no better. And and I had him capped well there. I think it was against Brian Mario yeah. oh, Mario Bautista. Mar I, I had Cody by knockout in that fight. So so I like I like Cody here. Cody no love. I think this is a lock, man. That that's that's how I see it. Brother, look at these four canceled bouts. Two with Ronnie Yaya, one with Julio Arce. He beat Trevin Jones. He should have knocked out Trevin Jones. The UFC wanted him to knock out Trevin Jones. And then he cancels again. What's wrong with Cody Garbrandt that we don't know about? Something's wrong with him, man. If you're canceling four fucking bouts, that's a problem. And now it's, now it's the confidence, Ryan. It's the confidence, just like Benil Dariush, man. He, you know, the, the, he he had demons. He was fighting, man. The, Dariush thought he lost his chin years ago, and look, man, the ghost of Christmas past has fucking <laughs> visited him again. Yeah. He might have lost his chin. No, yeah. this is real, man. This is like uh, PTSD, and it does that to you. You know, thank God Cody got money. He could be pulling out of these things from, and and he's young, so he could fix his record up. And I think this is a good one for him. Yeah, he is fighting the. Uh, he's thirty-two years old. He's fighting a thirty-seven-year-old. But um, yeah, I think that the UFC wants Garbrandt to win. To be fair, but I just see uh, for some reason I, I I I'm fairly confident on. Uh, on boom here, dude. But uh, Alex, what do you got, man? I was back and forth. I was like originally on boom, but after doing tape, uh, I'm right aboard Harry. I think Cody's a lock. He's the marketable one. He's the one who's still in the door, even though he's, you know, he's been around the block. But, you know, 
Baby, don't hurt me. Yeah. Don't hurt okay. me. No more. So what do you got a method? I'm going to go with uh, Cody, uh, boring decision. Boring. Lots of wrestling, lots of clinching, boring stand-up. I like the over. I think they're both durable. And, um, yeah, one of the more boring fights on the card, absolutely. I think that Cody Garbrandt backs up too much, and I think that this is another reason that Kelleher wins because uh, Cody's going to back up. He's going to run away. He's going to do his movement, his feet thing. He's going to be showing off, and he's not going to do enough damage to Kelleher. And uh, he's going to be backing up. But, yeah, Jared, uh, you're last up on this one. What do you got? Uh, Yeah, all right. So let's get it out there. If Kelleher is going to win, it's going to be by a devastating knockout. Yeah. Now, when I look at their skills, Cody Garbrandt's better at everything. The only thing Kelleher has the edge in him on is the power. Right. Cody's better at everything. He's a better boxer. He's a better wrestler. I was telling Alex, it trips me out. A guy that at one time was UFC champ. Had such a fall from grace. Now I'm watching him as a non-ranked fighter fighting Brian Kelleher on the prelims. It's fucking weird. Yeah. But I think the UFC is trying to do Cody a favor here. They try to do him a favor at Trevor Jones. Cody yeah. won the first two rounds for sure. Third round, Cody. I don't know if you remember, Cody got clipped. And you kind of see like what Harry was talking about of how a knockout can affect somebody. When he got clipped, you could see that shift in him where his body was kind of like, fuck, I've been here before. I know what comes next. Now he's on skates the rest of the fight and just kind of coasted the rest of that round trying to survive. I mean, if Kelleher can connect and land some serious power, it's probably not going to take too much to get Cody out of there. But I know the chin's gone. I respect his career too much to go against him here, against a guy that's 8-7 and seven in the UFC, a 50-50 fighter. Cody has all the tools in the world to win this fight. He's better at everything. I, I got to go with Cody here. And I think it's, uh, I think he can avoid the power and win a sweaty decision. Okay. I respect it. I disagree, but I respect you guys. Um, yeah, man, I, I do think that he gets clipped. And just like you said, I think it's going to be pretty fucking brutal and kind of sad. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I will take this one. Love my Mexican women, like I said. Irene Aldana versus Carol Hosa. Um, Irene Aldana coming off a real stinker of a performance against uh, the GOAT, right? I mean, she didn't even look like herself, dude. She looked like shit going out there and fighting Amanda Nunez. Um, I don't know what that was. It was such a bad performance that it has me a little skeptical because you see these fighters that get to the highest level, they fight for a belt. And then they drop off and then they never are even close to ever potentially fighting, even like close to the championship ever again. Right. You see it over and over again after they lose their belt or after they fight for a championship, they just go downhill fast. I don't think that that's Irene Aldana. And I don't have too much respect for Carol Hosa, even though her girlfriend is one of my favorite, if not my favorite female fighter in the UFC right now, Denise Gomes, big fan of Denise Gomes. I like a girl that can go out there and knock a, Knock a girl out in like five seconds. That's pretty badass. But uh, yeah, man, give me Irene Aldana. Um, if Carol Hosa wants to win, she's got to wrestle Irene. That's the way that people beat Irene uh, or Irene, I guess is how her name is pronounced. But uh, yeah, man, I think that that Irene is going to be able to keep this standing. And I think that she's going to outbox Carol Hosa to probably what will actually be like a split decision. 
because I think that Carol Hosa will get some takedowns. I think that she'll keep the striking close enough, but I think Irene will back Hosa up enough, and I think that she'll keep this, you know, competitive um, to the point where it's a split decision in the favor of Irene Aldana. Um, and yeah, Carol Hosa, I, I don't really think that I don't think that that Hosa is even UFC material, really. Um, she's pretty bad, man, uh, in my opinion. But they are fighting. At, I think are they fighting at forty-five? Um, because That's I know that... Carol Rose is moving back down to thirty-five. Okay, so that's going to be interesting to see how her cardio is. It's going to it's going to be interesting to see how Hosa operates at that weight class because she is a forty-five or naturally, um, even though she's a little thick at that weight. Um, but yeah, man, I, give me Irene Aldana all day here. Um, but I think it's closer than it should be. Um, you got an opinion on this one? Uh, a little bit. I'm kind of agreeing with you. I don't know much about Rosa, but I do know Irene a little bit. And, uh, just two things. She has some, maybe even if it's just two knockouts or TKOs in the past few years, which, uh, Rosa does not have, but more importantly, Mexico has had some heart in the UFC recently. Um, especially in uptick after Brandon lost his belt. I know that they are, uh, just the country in general and the fighters have a lot more heart. And, uh, personally, I think she, uh, she's going to get a knockout, but it's not impossible, man. That liver kick fucking knockout against, uh, Chieson, I think it was, that was wild. Yeah. Uh, really, really interesting fight. Harry, uh, any opinion on the ladies? Yes, man. Yes. So, um, Carol Rosa, I'm I'm not too impressed. I'm definitely Irene Aldana on the money line. I think that uh, she's got the boxing, and, and I love that she has the the tie kicks. So a good push kick and uh, some good boxing will will get her a win here. I hope she gets a finish. She's yeah. very deserving of it. She's very due for one. Um, I I I am so um, bewildered by how. Yana Santos, when Carol uh, Rosa faced her, uh, she was one for one on the takedown. When she faced Norma Dumont, uh, I think she was two and, and zero, uh, you know. And, 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 and what's crazy is that Macy Chason against Irene Aldana was three for eight on the takedowns. Yet Irene Aldana was two and oh on the submission attempts. Come on, this is Irene Aldana through and through, and Irene Aldana's got a 14 and 7 record. She ain't about to go 14 and 8. This is a big play right here, man. This is Irene Aldana, Ariane Lipsky, parlay. Parlay of the year. <laughs> You're going to go the female parlay. That's a risky proposition there. Very risky. No, man. We, we got know- all the edge. We got all the edge. This is a this is a mind blowing kind of matchup for me, man. Because I don't even understand how Carol Hosa is qualified to fight Irene Aldana. It doesn't seem like she should be at that level. Just stepping down to bantamweight, dude. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm trying to pull up these rankings because there's got to be someone else that she should have fought before that. I mean, Holly Holm. Uh, she fought Yana Santos, right? I guess Carol Hosa. Oh no, this is featherweight. My mistake. What the fuck? They don't even have a featherweight ranking. They don't have featherweights, huh? That's weird. Okay, well, never mind. Just forget. On. So they just got rid of featherweight, and they just merged the rankings. Is that yeah. what happened? Honestly, even when Nunez was still double champ, like as far back as 
I, I, I can't even remember the last time she defended that 145 belt. And even when she was fighting as champ and you go on the website and you go to the rankings, it was still, it showed Nunez as a champ and nobody in rankings at all. I remember there was rankings though because Hosa was in them. There was like twelve girls fighting in the in yeah. that in that division. But yeah, okay, oh, so fair enough. Okay, yeah, I don't want to drag that point on, but yeah, dude, I just don't understand why Hosa is fighting so high up in the rankings. But I guess you know she's fucking fought everyone else other than Holly Holm. Um, Alex, you got an opinion on this one? Irene Aldana, however she wants it. Don't pick a prop because she can do it however way she wants it. Domination, <laughs> submission. KO, drop the balance, but don't pick a prop on the line. But I'll tell you one thing: the only way we lose is if she just holds it against the fence. And I know we could get—I think we could get a little bit out muscled here because I know uh, Rosa's got like one some of the thickest legs I've ever seen in 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 the bantamweight division. Yeah, but guaranteed, Alex, guaranteed, Irene Aldana's gonna push away. When she's on the fence. And I trust her, and that's why I'm going to bet it. But I know the only way that I'm going to lose is is a split decision via uh, just holding and and stalling. And I I don't want to try. I would never bet Carol Rose at plus 175 for one way to win, in my opinion. I think Irene Aldana is going to beat this girl up. Maybe even a stoppage against the fence. We've seen her not do good against the fence, getting clipped up in the past. All day, Aldana, girl. This girl's going to break the Mexican cold streak because they've been doing horrible this year other than that Mexican card. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Jared, any opinions on this uh, powerful female fight here? I'll keep it short and sweet. I think that Nunez fight, a lot of people are going to judge Aldana off of that. Right. That was not her in there, man. I the Aldana that fought that night, I've never seen that Aldana before. That was stage fright or something, right, Jared? Like she was scared of the spotlight or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it looked like this, the pressure of the moment got to her. You know, she knows she's fighting the women's goat. I mean, you never know how you know how she felt on that walk, but she was not there that night. But prior to that, man, she was really she. It's very rare. You see a woman that has more knockout wins than she does decision wins or submission wins. Right. Pretty rare you see that. And, dude, she's aggressive. She puts it on girls. And she's one of the few girls in the division that she possesses that she power where she can get it done by knockout. I think a lot of people are going to forget how good she really is. She's got, you know, a four-inch height advantage. I don't know, man. It's I, How do I not take Aldana here? I mean, I feel like Nunez, she got the belt. If there was never Nunez, bro, I'm telling you, this girl would have the belt right now. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. It was just like like what Jared's saying. It didn't make any sense. I thought I actually, you know, it's embarrassing, but I bet on Irene Aldana to beat Nunez because I thought that she was going to give her a run for the money. I thought if they were standing up striking. Irene was going to fuck her up. I thought all this shit was going to go down, and she just sat sat there and just stood there. I mean, she did as much action as I'm doing with you guys right now. She hit Amanda Nunez as much as I'm hitting Alex right now. You know what I mean? It was bad. It was bad. I mean, a human punching bat, bro. I mean, I've. How do you get to that point? I mean, and just crumble under the pressure. But I think she she has to come back with something to prove here, and she's one of the best women with a fucking 14 and 7 record that's not really a great record right she's a lot better than that record shows and i think she's going to come back with something to prove here 
I like it. So you got a knockout, I'm assuming. I mean, well, Carol Rosa has never been knocked out, but she's never faced anybody that was a real knockout threat the way Aldana is. So I would say Aldana could probably win a decision, but I would not sleep on the knockout. Wait for those odds to come out, man. If they're good, why not punt a little something on it? Because she possesses that ability. And don't sleep on that submission, man. She could grab a fucking guillotine. When uh, when Hosa tries to, she's gonna try. Hosa's gonna try and shoot on Aldana, and Aldana could grab a fucking guillotine, man. Like that's the yeah. thing. If the if the submission odds are wild, I will always take a wild submission odd on on that stuff. That's what I'm saying. Alex knows what I'm talking. About. Um. Okay. Uh, oh, this is where we're starting to get into the good stuff. I like this. This is a featured prelim of the night. I will let Jesse start with this because I'm sure. That he loves Bryce Mitchell as a big grappling fan. But you've got Josh Emmett, who has more wrestling credentials, okay? More wrestling credentials for Josh Emmett. Can you guys hear me? I have an unstable connection for the second. You guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're cutting out a second. Cool. All right. Sorry. Um, Josh Emmett, great wrestling credentials. Bryce Mitchell, horrible wrestling credentials. But that Arkansas fucking farm strength, man, that shit's fucking wild, right? So this dude's coming in here. He's doing some crazy stuff. Um, not a fan of his personality. Making people pray with you that you beat in a fight is shitty. I, I and you know I'm a I'm a Christian. I think it's great to pray, but this dude makes excuses when he loses. The one time he lost, made a shit ton of excuses, and then he wants to pray with people and embarrass them and tells them that they're gonna that he's gonna donate to the Hawaii Fund and all this shit. I don't like Bryce Mitchell's personality, even though I follow him on Instagram. Now, what I hate even more than Bryce Mitchell's personality is Josh Emmett. I don't know why. I just can't fucking stand this dude. But I want Jesse to start this one, man, because I know that he's got a hot take on it. And then we'll start uh, with Alex and we'll go up from uh, Jared, myself, and then uh, wrap up with Harry here. What do you got, Jesse? Okay, so first of all, I'm no black belt. I'm only a year in, but grappling is what I'm passionate about. And uh, as we know, Bryce Mitchell does have some submissions under his belt, some decisions as well, but, you know, that's all right. But here's what's embarrassing, right? We all watched Josh Emmett get triangled by Mr. Rodriguez, right? Mr. Taekwondo, Mr. Kickboxing in not only just a submission, but a very basic triangle. I was watching it with my buddies, seeing him push off the hips, you know, Yair, he went with the, the triangle with his arm and he was pushing off that hip with his right leg. Anyone with basic and Yair is like a he's like a blue belt, maybe purple by now. I know he got his blue under uh, Eddie Bravo a few years ago, but that is a very basic submission. You know, Josh Emmett should have been posting up, should have been stacking on uh, Yair. He shouldn't have let him get that triangle as quickly as he did. And personally, you know, and I'm one to talk. I've been, I've gotten caught in triangles many times, but with someone who's in the UFC, you know, a premier league like that, you should be able to defend a basic triangle and you should not let a world-renowned kickboxer and taekwondo guy get a very basic triangle submission on you. Um, and I don't know. I think, you know, yeah. Bryce Mitchell, obviously having a, a decent grappling background and like he said, farm boy strength. I think... My pick is Bryce Mitchell by submission. You know, personality aside, it just comes down to uh, previous fights and the experience that we've seen. Uh, 
specifically with Yair Rodriguez, he should not have gotten submitted by him. Um, and it's kind of embarrassing that he did in the way he did. And uh, exactly. I don't think that's a hot take. If anyone that knows anything about grappling or jujitsu or even just basic backyard wrestling would have seen that triangle coming. And I think uh, Emmett should have seen it coming. And I think that that's going to be his downfall against Mitchell as well. Now, he was rocked in that, right? He was rocked pretty fucking good by Yeah, but it, the issue is he didn't fall straight into a triangle. He So he climbed the triangle. He used – he pushed off Emmett's hips. Okay. And, uh, you know, you should be – in jiu-jitsu, hips are – that's your ground. You know, you lose your hips, you lose your balance, you lose your stack, yeah. you get submitted. And that's essentially what happened to Emmett. And it was honestly embarrassing from someone who's a low belt like me who saw it coming as well. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a professional fighter and I'm not in the ring, but I have my mat time. And, you know, I even saw that coming and I called it out to my friends. I was like, yep, he's about to get choked out. And that's what happened. So right. I think it's going to happen again unless, uh, you know, Emmett pulls out something unexpected so he's got the power shots that's what he's got and that's about all he's got um i tend to agree here but let's go uh to uh, alex what do you got man got uh, one thing to say we go for jesus yeah let's go this man should be on a three fight losing streak you didn't beat kata get out of here bro this guy's got one foot out the door he just took the most damage i've ever seen anyone take in a five-round fight six months ago. That Ooh. mandatory year off. Give me that money line. Easy. So you're going with the Christian bar. I like it, dude. I like it. Jared. Yeah, so I'm a big Josh Emmett fan. I seem to be the only one here that is. Wow. I, I like Voldemort. I've liked him since he's... <laughs> Okay, man, bro. He he just had every fight. He has that power, man. When he throws those fucking crazy overhands, he can put your fucking lights out. I liked Bryce Mitchell. I was a fan of him up until the way he handled that loss about with Elia. Yeah, it was you, weird. You can have a loss like that. That's perfectly fine. But the way he handled that, he's talking about retirement. And he just wants to focus on his farm and shit. If you don't want to be here, you shouldn't be here. I, I just I hate that mentality. I think he's a quitter deep down in his heart. Oh yeah. And I think Emmett has every ability in the world to put his fucking lights out. But you know what? Emmett also has the ability to get completely wrestle fucked. If you're getting subbed by Yair, there's a good chance you're gonna get subbed by Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell desperately needs to get this fight on the ground because his striking's trash. I think Emmett can I, I would love to see Emmett put him to sleep. But I'm not going to bet with my heart here. I'm going to be logical and take Bryce Mitchell. I'm, and because I, tell <laughs> my, yeah, I'd like I'd like to tell myself Emmett ain't getting subbed. He he'll last decision. Let's go Bryce Mitchell decision. I fucking hate it. Okay. Hey, I respect it though. Uh, that's one thing that's really tough to do is betting with your heart uh, versus betting with your your brain. You got to bet with your brain always. And uh, that's always when I fuck up. I feel like a lot of people are going to be betting with their uh, hearts later in the card than their brains. But, Harry, what do you got in this one, man? This is an interesting fight deep down. What do you got? Man, I, I saw that uh, Bryce Mitchell was uh, 5 for 15 on the uh, takedowns with Dan Ige. And um, 
I guess, okay, what is it? N-A-I-A for Josh Emmett. That was his collegiate credential for wrestling. Despite not seeing him, you know, uh, exert any wrestling in his fights, probably because his opponents were too tall. This is what I think happens. If Bryce Mitchell fucks up in the scramble, I think Emmett will gain top control and ground and pound Bryce. That's how I see this playing out. So that's why I'm staying off. So, uh, yeah. No, no, no real solid pick on this one, huh? Fight not to go the distance. Fight not to go the distance. Yeah, that's logical. Um, Yeah, man. uh, One thing with me, you know, Harry brings up a good point there the takedown accuracy for Bryce Mitchell and then how <laughs> fucked up Bryce Mitchell got in that uh, Danny Ige fight. I mean, his eye almost looked like, I mean, it looked like his eye was about to fall out of his head at the end of that fight, if I remember it correctly. But I'm not a big fan of Josh Emmett. I think that his uh, his his wrestling defense and his, uh, you know, jujitsu defense is horrible. I think I'm going to go out here and call it right away. I think that we probably see a Darce choke from Bryce Mitchell in round one. I think it's a Darce, um, if not, uh, uh, you know, maybe a rear naked. But I think that specifically some kind of choke happens. Um, I don't think we're going to see like an arm bar or or like a high level submission. There's not going to be a twister. Right. But we're going to see we're going to see some kind of choke from Bryce Mitchell. I, I'm leaning towards a Darce um, in round one. I think that this happens quick. I think you know, I'll, then, I'll agree with you, man. I, I think Mitchell is due to get the sub too because he hasn't landed a sub since he landed that twister. If he's gonna now, he's in. He's ranked number ten right now. Josh Emmett's ranked number six. If you look at the top ten, there's not. I'm not sure if there's a lot of guys Bryce Mitchell's gonna land too many submissions on. If he's gonna land it on anybody, it's probably a good chance it's Josh Emmett. As much as I hate to say it, that twister wasn't since 2019, dude. Yeah, man, he hasn't, been, the, he hasn't landed the sub since then. He got lost by – he got fucking yeah, – Coria fucking triangle choked his ass. Um, Jesse, you have – you said you had one other thought on this before we move Yeah, on. this isn't necessarily a pick related, but something me and you were talking about earlier is Bryce did take that one loss the completely wrong way. I think 16-1 and one is still extremely respectable, and we were talking about this as like – you know, early, early teens and late 2000s fighters, you know, fighters like BJ Penn, Sarah, like they didn't have, you know, the Habib 29 and 0 records, you know, and they're still considered some of the greatest. So I think he needs to stop. You know, I I don't, if he loses his fixation should not be on his record or retiring or anything like that, because there's fighters with much worse records that still have very high hopes for themselves. And I think he needs to, uh, he needs to worry more about being better in the future than, uh, you know, focusing on one or two losses. So he needs to be a little more humble, man. Like yeah. he talks about Jesus all the time. And for someone that does that, he doesn't seem to emulate any of that shit. Like fucking be more humble, like fucking take your losses. And it's it's fine, man. You're a human being. And uh, I'm glad you brought up that moment with Dan Ige. That was probably the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was horrible. How are you going to beat someone? And then say, "Hey, I want to pray with you. Can we pray?" And then they're like, "Not only no, that, he said you're gonna. St- he said you're gonna stay here and you're gonna pray with me." And Ige's yeah. like, "I fucking guess I have to now." 
Yeah, you're giving me a few thousand for my fucking uh, state that just burned to the ground. So, yeah, man, it was just a I don't like the dude's personality, even though I side with him, uh, you know, philosophically and, and religiously and whatnot. But whatever. Let's move on because we got the main card here. We've got the cuck of all cucks. You know, Ian Gary, dude, this is a wild fucking thing going on here. And it's really interesting. Um, Harry, I want to start with you on this one. And then we'll just kind of like, like I said, revolve, uh, you know, going up the card. Vincente Luque, who I'm a big fan of, man. This is tough. Vincente Luque versus Ian Machado Gary. Uh, This dude, he does have a herpes flare up this weekend. You see him wearing the, (laughs) I swear to God, he's he's got a bandaid over his lip right there. Um, and, and people may say I'm hating, whatever. I can't stand Ian Gary. He wants to be Conor McGregor. I can't fucking stand him, but he's a very talented fighter. Harry, what do you got in this uh, Brazilian versus Irishman here? Yeah, man, he's he's too talented. I mean, look at what McGregor did with just his two fists. Now add those kicks, you know, and that's Ian Gary. You know, bro, McGregor was impressive through the fucking weight classes. Like that guy, dude, man. What when McGregor dies, I will we'll move away from the memes and we'll really talk about what the fuck he did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, that dude nearly got his neck snapped by Chad Mendez, bro. Nearly got his neck snapped. He, I think he whispered to that motherfucker. He said, "You're gonna snap my neck and kill me because I'm not getting out." And Chad just let him go. And then he finished him. McGregor finished him. Anyway, I think uh, here in this fight, uh, I like Luque. I took Luque for 80% of the entire account against RDA. Moving up in weight, RDA to welterweight as a little lightweight. Easy, easy pick. And I, and, and I realize and I think to myself, man, Vicente Luque, when he fought RDA, was avoiding the strike exchanges. He was not striking at all. He was not brawling with RDA. If anything, he got touched. And when he did, he went to clinch right away. He went for a double. He went for a body lock. You know, he went for for a double leg. I mean, I'm like, man, this guy was desperate. And of course he would do that because I suspected that this guy rushed back into the octagon after that brain bleed without giving himself much time for recovery. And I get it, man. I get it. He's very passionate about his ranking, about fighting about you know what 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 he he could accomplish one day you know he he could at at one point become champion but uh yeah no not with eon gary in the ranks uh i think uh i think that vicente luque showing me that he was apprehensive to strike with rda just tells you how this shit's gonna end with eon gary so uh, we might see like a Colby Covington here in Vicente Luque, man. The spirit of Covington uh, lives on Vicente Luque, man. And uh, that's how it's going to play out because he got he is not going to strike. I'm telling you, he does not want to get hit in the head. I know when fighters don't want to get hit, man, that shit exists. And he has a very good reason for not getting hit in the head. That's it, man. What was it? Less than a year after that incident and he came back. Come on. Jeff Neal. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Neal was a year and three months ago, and I bet uh, I had Jeff Neal in a parlay. This is actually what got me into betting. And I've told this story before, and I will go through this. I think before I even look at it, it was Juliana Miller, who's a killer, right, Jared? Right? Juliana Miller, the killer. Juliana Miller. 
<laughs> the GOAT, dude. Future triple champ. Um, Juliana Miller. Um, Sergey Spivak, I believe. Jamal Hill. Jeff Neal. And then Muhammad Usman, I believe, were all the main card. I parlayed them through, I think it was like five or ten bucks into like 200. And that got me just hooked into betting, dude. And now I'm a degenerate gambler. Let me see if that's what it was. Yeah, Sergey Spivak, Juliana Miller, Mohamed Usman, <laughs> Jeff Neal, Jamal Hill. Parlay. Nailed it. And I fucking didn't do any research. I didn't do anything. I was just throwing darts at the wall, and I was like, all right, let's go. And it hit, and now here we are. And I'm just fucking betting the house every weekend. But, yeah, man, are, are you are – you- <laughs> Are you are you saying that you're thinking that Vincente gets this done? Hell no. Well, that's what you're kind of alluding to. No way, it's impossible, man. The guy does not want to strike, man. He he he's gonna do everything other than that, and and he ain't submitting Eon Gary, man. Eon Gary's too tall, man. Okay. That guy is probably gonna finish Luke, man. That's where Luke's at right now, man. That that guy jumped back into the octagon too soon. I, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, UFC did look out, did look out for him with RDA. I mean, that was cool, but yeah, yeah no, man, this is this is crazy, man. I might Leon have misunderstood. The yeah, I might have misunderstood you. Then I thought that you were saying that Vincente Luque is not going to want to strike, so he's going to wrestle Ian Gary into a decision wins. I misheard you, so my mistake. Um, so you're thinking a knockout at some point. I I, I definitely see that. Alex, what are your thoughts, dude? Oh, I have a signed Irish flag from Ian Gary, so I should be biased here. But, you know, I, I do want to whip out the cross, and I do want to take Luke because that line is wide. I see a path of victory for my guy, <laughs> newly baptized, and Gary be throwing up the devil horns on his post. You yeah. know, we got another good versus evil battle here, and I want to go with good. I think the three rounds is going to help Luke. I really think Gary's takedown offense can be a little bit overrated here. You know, I'm kind of scared. And another thing is I'm scared because everyone's hating on Gary. So, like, that line being skyrocketed high at minus 380 is really going to cause a lot of people to bet Luke here, especially since they just don't like Gary. You know, people just bet with their heart here. And, you know, Luke has my heart here. I I do want him to win. I think he does have a path to victory. And I believe anything close is going to go to Luke because Gary's young. You know, he he can he's going to be here for a while. He can take an L here. Luke is is a vet, you know, he's getting at the, uh, you know, tail end of his career. You know, he's only got about like three or four years left, in my opinion. So, you know, they kind the UFC likes to keep these guys safe. And whenever they do go to a close decision, they'll let they'll let the vet usually take it in here. I've been back and forth on this one. It's just, you know, I, I did like I do like the new Luke style. I l- pounded him against RDA. That was the easiest bet I've seen in a long time. Easiest bet of the year. But your Harry's absolutely right. He he did seem gun shy compared to, you know, his brawling forward pressure style before. I just ah, there's something about this fight, number nine versus number ten. You know, why there's no point in having it. He's not even gonna even if he loses, there's nothing. Nothing can happen. You know, Ian Gary can easily lose this fight, and he'd still be in the top ten. You know, so I, I kind of want to go with Luke, but I, I I'm gonna go with the over here. I love the over. I think they're both pretty durable. 
I'd be worrying about Luke's chin. But I, I think Luke can get some takedowns. Another side bet would be just Luke to get some takedowns. I wouldn't be shocked if Luke gets a wet blanket and takes Gary to into deep water. I mean, if Kanan Song's taking you down twice, you know, I think Luke can can get a nice wrestling game plan in there as well. Ah, it's just it's so hard to bet Ian Gary at minus three sixty. I, I I don't know. I, Dude, I'm gonna and stick if with Kanan Song, Alex, if Kanan Song is dropping Ian Gary like he did, Luke can do it too. Yeah, but wouldn't the line be closer with that being said? I do want to take Luke. It just feels like a trap. Um, I know how the Christians all been losing, too. I remember the Benil card. There was four Christians on the card, and they all got finished. It's as Luana if, Santos, it's as if you know. Luana Santos got baptized. Uh, that was last week, and she lost, too. Dana White has is borderline a satanist and he has something else for all the christians and when the second you say jesus's name and that mic after you win it sets you up for failure and um i just don't know if he's already pre-set up for failure i would love to hear luke win this fight call of jesus and then lose the next one but uh i might put a little punt on like luke decision and a prop or a round robin maybe even a double method here like gary ko or luke decision uh-oh. All Luke has to do is check leg kicks, takedowns, clinch, have that unlimited pressure, give all that energy in that three rounds. I think he has a path to victory here. You know, I saw the line. I almost thought it was an auto bet on Luke. Extremely disrespectful. But with that being said, not one I'm running to the book to bet. But I'll go with like Sente Luke decision. Let's go. Go for Jesus. I respect it. I respect it, dude. Yeah, the only uh the only supposed Jesus freak that Dana White is a fan of is John Jones. And it's because he says Jesus name and then runs over a pregnant woman in a car. So that's why he's okay with that. But Jared, what do you got? Dude? All right. So we're talking about betting with our hearts, right? This <laughs> is the one where everybody's heart is against Ian Gary. Nobody likes him right now. And for good reason. But aside from that, Ian Gary's a really good prospect, man. He is yep. really good at controlling range. He maintains distance really well. Alex brings up a good point. You're getting down, taken down by Kanan Song. Not a great look, right? But here's something that's going to sound a little weird. Ian Gary getting dropped by Kanan Song was my favorite moment of his career so far because after it was right at the end of the round when he got dropped like that. He went back to his corner. It was one of the few times ESPN Plus doesn't fucking cut the commercial when they go to the corners. Ian Gary went to his corner. In his corner, it's like, you know what happened, right? He said, yep, I got caught. My lead hand was down. And he immediately knew what he did wrong. He immediately made the adjustment. And the rest of the fight, he won by a fucking landslide. I know this. Yeah. And I know he's not a likable guy. He's fucking weird cuck wannabe mcgregor i agree with all that shit he's a good prospect man he's on his way up luke outstanding gatekeeper there's guys he can gatekeep that aren't ian gary this fight honestly really isn't that relevant because it's number 10 against number nine right just they're former teammates i think there's a lot of respect between these two guys um i don't know if you know this ian gary didn't show up for media day today 
and there's talk of him not showing up to the press conference tomorrow. He shouldn't. He should not show up. If he knows what's good for him, he will not show up to that fucking press conference. Colby's going to have that book. But that that's – book. Dude, <laughs> I, I was on the phone with Alex telling him earlier. I'm like, I just – please, Colby needs to show up at that book. Please. But Luke is a great fighter, man. He's a vet. Dude, that motherfucker, Jesse, you'll appreciate this. He has one hell of a Darce choke. You're landing that Darce choke on Michael Chiesa, Tyron Woodley, and Nico Price. I want to say all three of those guys, he landed the same Darce choke with the same setup. Dude, it's a thing of beauty. He's outstanding on the ground. If Luke is going to win this fight, it's going to be by submission. I think Ian Gary's going to outpoint him. Stay, maybe he'll end up on the mat at some point. But if he, he can get Jared, back, he's, if he gets that submission, he ain't a gatekeeper then. No, no. That, I hope you keep that in mind. He but, will well, not be a gatekeeper then. As far as the rankings, though, what's it going to do for him? He's number nine, beating number no, 10. No, no, but, but they'll do the same shit they're doing with BSD. They'll fucking make him a top three quickly. I'm saying if there's a path of victory for Luke, it's on the ground and it's going to be through submission. It's possible, but I think Gary's just as much as I don't like him. The guy's on his way up, man. He's talented. I think this he's going to win a decision in this fight. I think there's too much respect in these guys to go too crazy on each other. I think we're going to be watching a sparring match, honestly. Yeah, dude, you bring so many good points. I, I don't think that Ian Gary really respects anybody. Um, and I'm not even trying to make a joke here. I think that the only people that he respects is his wife and then his wife's ex-husband. I think that those are the only people that he respects. Okay, you're making a joke there. I'm really not. I think that those are honestly the only people that That he was respects. a good joke, though. That was a great joke. I'm not even trying to joke, man. I know that it sounds like I'm fucking around. But it, I think that that's... I don't think he fucking respects anybody. Because how are you going to go... And train with all your welterweights, knowing that you're going to fight them later. This guy's planning for the future. Now, Vincente Luque beating somebody and then having to fight back a rank, that doesn't make any sense. The UFC set this fight up for Ian Machado Gary to win. And I'm just going to call him Ian Gary. Fuck the Machado. Ian Gary. Ian Gary is going to win this fight. I think that with that being said, I think Vincente Luque, we're going to watch it. We're going to think, oh, dude, Luke won this. And then Gary's going to get a decision that a lot of people are going to call a robbery. I think that's what's going to happen here. Because if it's a close decision, the judges are going to give it to the undefeated prospect 10 times out of 10, maybe even 11 times out of 10. So that's what's going to happen here. Um, yeah, I think Ian Gary wins this by uh, what some people will call a robbery, but I think it'll be a decision. I don't think he finishes Luke. Um, I think Luke probably gets a lot of takedowns. I think that uh, Luke um, probably gets a lot of control time on the ground, but uh, Gary, you know, strikes mediocre. I think neither one of these dudes are going to look too beat up, but I really don't think that Gary uh, respects Luke, and I don't think that uh, that Luke really respects Gary. I listened to him talking on the Believe You Me podcast, Michael Bisping's podcast, and he didn't want to say anything bad about Gary, but he didn't say anything good about him either. So Luke is a really honorable dude. He didn't want to say anything about Gary. He was just like, yeah, like, I'm not going to talk about him. It is what it is. We're fighting. And that's that. So if you, if you listen to his interview from today, he was a complete class act. He was asked yeah. about Ian Gary not showing up to media day and possibly not the press conference. 
dude, Luke K is just a complete class act. He, yeah, he's he's great, dude. yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he's so likable, man. Yeah, man, he's uh, found God and all this stuff, like uh, like Alex is showing there. But uh, Jesse, what do you think? So I have a lot, so I'm going to try to say it quickly. So first of all, I am on Jesus' side. However, uh, like all of you have said, Ian is just very good. And, you you know, despite the whole the wag stuff, and the vegan diet to me is the most hilarious part. <laughs> um, he is very talented. Uh, and I think those leg kicks are going to be – pretty uh pretty detrimental especially if he gets him in early um i understand the the luke submission point however i don't think it would be a darce especially with ian being the bigger man the issue with the darce is not only do you have to get him on the ground you have to get him on your side and then once you get him on the side you have to climb so you got to get it in and then you got to try to grab a hold of his legs with your legs to try to get the leverage in and uh i don't know i think ian is just gonna if it comes to that he's gonna try to fish flop out of it and you is Darce is hard to get unless you can get the anchors on their legs. Um my my prediction is Ian in later two and a half of first round or early two and a half of second round. Um you know Luke losing the old Bilal decision Muhammad and uh you know Neil uh, I just think it's an easy pick for Ian Gary, in my opinion. Uh, just, he, I think if he knows what's good for him, he is going to show up to that press conference, and he's not going to give a shit. And he, if he wants to be like McGregor as much as he's acting like it, he's going to show up and talk the shit against Colby. And if he doesn't, then, you know, kind of just puts you in as a bad name in the sport. Yeah, he's going to lose he, a lot he, of people if he does that. Yeah, I mean, he already has. I mean, something that was yeah. – in his control, you know. Yeah, I don't know why you would be with a woman like that, but <laughs> she's kind of hot. We we all know what hot. we all know what happened to Canelo after that vegan diet. So, you know, who knows what'll happen to Ian? So, yeah, man, it's interesting. It's real fucked up, but you have a method. Did you say? You said I think it's round. Uh, I got to give them both one. It, Ian by knockout in either ladder of first or early second or wow luke cool. by submission i don't think it would be a, a darce though but shit it'd be wild dude if if ian gary loses and this fight like what like like alex i think alex was the first one to bring this up doesn't fucking matter this fight really doesn't matter that much he's moving up one fucking rank so yeah it is interesting and this would be a wild one that's why i think that it's just kind of set up Ian has this narrative where he says three times and then I'm I'm fighting for the belt. You know, it's like, yeah, man, I guess this is technically moving up the rankings, but who gives a shit? I don't know. Well, he's he he, he you know he could be probable to win, and he might be the side, right? That's what the matchmakers want, and uh, they, he's just getting the Bilal treatment. You know, they're right. slowing his progress forward, right? Just like they delayed Armin Sarukians, right? So you know, it's not to say that you know. He's got nothing to lose here, so he's gonna lose, you know. Sure, but sure. uh with 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 all that said, Ryan, I did want to mention something. So uh it's interesting that we know for this particular pay-per-view who the highest concentrated fighters for all the money is going to be, right? So you got Randy Brown, we know is is huge, man. Everybody's betting Randy Brown, right? Yeah. And then you move on and you know that. 
Uh, Cody Garbrandt. Everybody's betting Cody Garbrandt. Everybody's betting Bryce Mitchell. Everybody's betting Eon Gary, Patty Pimblett, Shafcott, Pantoja. Okay, and and there it stops. Leon and Colby, I, I'm I'm suspecting will balance out. Now, you know, you somebody's got to take the fall. If Randy Brown falls, right? Let's say he loses. That busts a lot of parlays. That's a lot of liability that the casinos won't have to deal with. But that means that you have good favorites, sizable ones like Eon Gary, Patty Pimblett, and Shafcott that could get through. But Randy Brown would have to lose. Dustin Jacoby would have to lose. Cody Garbrandt would have to lose, right? Two of them, you know, of the three. If they don't lose, I, I just want to make note of this. If those guys ride all that money through the early prelims and prelims. Randy Brown wins, Cody Garbrandt wins, Dustin Jacoby wins. Man, oh man, Eon Gary might lose. Patty mm. Pimblett might lose. Somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to lose. Or Shafkat could lose, man. Shafkat no, could no, lose. No, that guy, that, he's a great no, grappler. That's crazy, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, dude. Let's... Let's go through this next one quick because this is just a sad fucking situation. If you guys have have a reason why you think Tony Ferguson is going to win this, um, throw it out there. But I'm taking Patty. I'll just lead this. I think Patty wins this. I think that, you know, his last fight, uh, you know, I think he should have lost that one. I think MMA math is coming. Uh, or I'm sorry, not MMA math. MMA karma is coming back to him. I actually believe in MMA karma. I don't believe in MMA math, but I, I believe in MMA karma. I think if you win a decision that you shouldn't have won, you get knocked out in your later fights. I think Tony Ferguson being kind of in the later stages of his career, doing this brutal training with David Goggins is not the move. I think he's going to be tired even more so. If he tries to do that patented Tony uh, knee slide before they start the fight and he can't do it, I'm just going to turn the fucking TV off at that point. Uh, for the next five minutes, go get some beers at the fucking uh, bar down the street and then come back after uh, a brutal knockout from Patty, even though this guy's not really a power puncher. But yeah, man, Patty Pimblett wins this. I think he probably knocks Tony out. Um, and, and that's my thoughts. Uh, Jesse, do you have anything on this before we go to these guys? Listen, we all know how we're feeling about Tony. You know, he was he was from a great time, but me and my friends personally think after green that should have just been over you know, six in a row against someone which we we can all agree that patty's last fight was very questionable and especially his attitude towards it and uh being so cocky that he believed that he won it um i think tony should just win or lose i think he should just call it after this one i don't think there's another belt run for him uh <laughs> that's a strong that's a strong opinion on my take i don't think there's another belt run for him i don't think goggins i love goggins but i don't think that hell week did any good for him i think if anything his meniscuses are probably ruined and uh yeah i think uh as much as people like to hate on patty over one single fight and yeah his attitude was shitty i think he's still the better fighter in this and i think the odds are accurate in this one so yeah it's one of the fights where there is a big favorite where it seems accurate and it's sad to say that man three years ago before he fought justin gaethje you see these fights you're dumping that house on ferguson but yeah let me interject all right i i gotta tell you you never bet patty pimblett 
opening line. You never, ever, ever bet Patty Pimblett before the start of the fight. This man gets cracked in the first round every time. He's always losing the first round. I'm telling you, I'm going to make you some bread. You know how you make money on Patty Pimblett? You wait for that two minutes to go by where he's looking like crap, and then you pound that live line at plus 100. I'm okay. telling you, it hit it every single time. Bet Patty Pimblett live. It's such an easy uh, trend okay. because he's uh, he always gets clipped. He always gets clipped. He always doesn't look good. On the, he's a slow starter, and that live line always comes down. It might only be there for thirty seconds to a minute, so you got to be on it. But I promise you that I, I believe that minus three sixty is a stay away because he's gonna come out slow, and you're just gonna just wait and then hit it minus one fifty. Maybe even guys, breaking news. Guys, breaking news. Sorry to interrupt, Alex. Guess what? What? Eon Gary. Vicente Luque, Machado, he withdraws due to illness. No breaking, way. Breaking news. Are you serious? Yeah. It's his herpes. It's his herpes. It's the Wagnus. It, no, dude, it's his herpes. You're not allowed to it fucking is the herpes. herpes. It, it is the outbreak. Yeah, very smart, man. I, I didn't know about all that shit till some like MMA fighter uh, on a broadcast suggested that he was investing in crypto coins. And he said, I despite my herpes outbreak, I still made weight and I still fought. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude. So he's going to get fucking fight with that. Well, yeah, I think it see- affects it affects you somehow. I don't know, dude. Are you serious, Harry? Yeah, yeah. This is 100% real, brother. Wow. This is going to be breaking. I'm going to put this episode out tonight, and we're probably going to be the first fucking show that people hear. Chael Sonnen broke that? Oh, man. The the score.com. All outlets, man. This shit is everywhere now. Dude, imagine the Ian Gary hate now. Look, man. I I understand. I understand not wanting to be at a press conference or Kobe Covington with all this shit going on, but that that's a bit extreme. I told you, Vicente was a lock for Jesus. And if hey, I dude. know anything, if we know anything about the bitches, one thousand percent, his wife told him to do it. The a Wednesday, Jared, a oh, Wednesday. Wild. You're so right. You're so right, dude. Harry, that is some good fucking. That's wild, man. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so Vincente Luque won, dude. Vincente <laughs> Luque won. Wild. Wild. Oh, okay, well. That was my I dog wonder. pick. Now, I hope that they find Vicente a short-notice opponent so that Vicente can get a fucking knockout, man. Three days' notice? Good luck. Who could, Dude, for a pay-per-view? Come on. Who could they find here? Let's they have too many this. fights. They'll book it for yeah. next week. They'll, I, I think they got more if Luke pulled out, they'd be looking hard for a replacement. JDM and Kevin Holland would both do it. JDM and Kevin Holland would both do it. I know Kevin. Not Holland. worth it because they Kevin need Holland twelve fights like per card. They need to. They need to do their uh, their deal with DraftKings and ESPN and everything. It's not, it's not like they're saving the card, man. That's not the biggest fight on this card. I don't know, man. A lot of people were talking about that. That's such an interesting thing, though. But yeah, Harry, yeah, good, uh, good coming. We're talking about that, Alex. What were you talking about uh, when when uh, Harry broke that news? 
I'm I gotta go Patty, but I'm betting him live. I want to see him get clipped a little bit. I want to get him at plus a hundred. Usually, what I want is close to even. I've done it before in the past against Benjamin, against uh, who else? Um, who's the other guy that the no name guy that had one, a couple fights in the UFC or one fight in the UFC? But um, pretty much every single fight in the first round, he does not look good. Luigi Benjamin. Is that who you're talking about? He fucking cracked his shit on his debut. <laughs> yeah, dude, he got rocked, huh? He got dropped, I think, in that, actually. Um, but he said, Scousers don't get knocked out. Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, it's a good take, man. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Tony's that guy to do that, though. I think that Patty might just look better and better as the fight goes on. And it's sad to say, man. Sad to say. But, uh, Jared, thoughts? Yeah, so um, six-fight losing streak. First six fight winning streak. <laughs> Look at the strength of schedule. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna I I can't I, I totally understand if you're betting Patty Pimblet. I get it. Now all these picks we're giving out here, these aren't necessarily bets or just picks. Let me be clear, this one's a bet. I am going to lose money on Tony Ferguson and I don't <laughs> care. He better I, I don't care. He better fucking pull it off. He's he he can do this. Patty isn't some fucking world beater. Right. Look at look at all the guys. I know Tony's on a crazy losing streak. Look at everyone that's beat him and ask yourself, how would Patty Pimblett do there? I don't I, I just since Patty Pimblet Better than Tony. Look, I've never <laughs> I let me be clear. I have every never, single fight, it would have been better than I have never once bet against Patty Pimblett so far in the UFC. You better live hedge that, but that's a good strategy for Jerry. I'm going to bet Tony. I'm going to bet Tony <laughs> Ferguson, and when Tony Ferguson is winning the first round, just like he won the first round against Michael Chandler, when he wins the first round against Patty Pimblett, I'm going to bet Patty Pimblett at plus odds, and I'm going to win either way. A double dip. Initially, I don't care. I'm losing on Tony Ferguson. Fuck Patty. I'll take him as a hedge, if anything. I am betting with my heart. I am stupid. Don't tell me. It's Tony time. Hey, I don't hate it, man. I really don't hate it. Um, Harry, you gave your take on this one, correct? Yeah, yeah. P- Patty Pimblett all the way, man. I, I think that uh, uh, Tony Ferguson, like uh, Bigfoot, I've seen records, man, like this, uh, win-loss records just go red, 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 you know, uh, up, to, up until their last fight. I, I hope he drops the gloves on the canvas and retires and calls it a day, man. God, we hope so. I got to say one thing, too. You know, I don't. have you guys heard of Beige Frequency on YouTube? Beige Frequency? Check out Beige Frequency, man. He did this thing on Tony Ferguson. And what's, what's interesting about the way that they do videos is they, they talk about like uh, they do a lot of MMA and they do a lot of comedy. Like they'll do Joe Rogan. It's almost like Joe Rogan, but YouTube videos. So it's like, it transcends comedy, MMA, and just like lifestyle shit. They talk about fucking, um, you know, the Howard Stern show, all kinds of stuff, but they'll, they'll have some dude draw a very realistic photograph style drawing while they're talking about, whatever they're talking about. So they did like a three-part series on John Jones about his rise, his fucking climax and his fall. And then like they're drawing an actual picture of John Jones. And then they're showing clips of, of John Jones, like press conferences and like all these different, you know, legal allegations, all these different things, but it's incredible what they do. 
And they did one on Tony Ferguson. It's only 40 minutes long, but I, I absolutely recommend you check out Beige Frequency Tony Ferguson. And uh, they drew that iconic picture of him where he's smiling, where he's got that mouthpiece, the vampire mouthpiece in. And he's got like that blood like just sprayed all over his chest and his neck. And they drew that perfectly while they're talking about Tony Ferguson's downfall. And when you hear that, you will never want to bet on Tony Ferguson again because of the way like his wife filed a fucking restraining order. He's out there talking about um, he, he thought that his son was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. And all this stuff. I mean, just severe. It's sad shit. I know we're laughing. Damn. But it, I mean, dude, the, the stuff that this dude was was thinking, they uh they he he woke up his daughter and his his uh family in the middle, or I'm sorry, his wife and his family in the middle of the night. He thought that his wife was a witch and that he was cursing him, and that's why he was losing his fights. And then he he said that we're gonna go to the top of this mountain and because the world's gonna flood right now. We're going to go to the top of this mountain. We're going to stay there. And if it doesn't flood, I will go to rehab and I will get myself fucking fixed. Still hasn't done that. He's got fucking problems. He got punched into schizophrenia or something. Jesus. He got punched into a messianic complex, man. This guy thinks that he gave birth to Jesus Christ. I mean, it's fucking wild. The guy is fucked up. You can't bet on him. Like, you can't you can't bet on the guy. Um Jesse has some thoughts, but yeah, watch that piece, Beige Frequency, and then look at that Tony Ferguson. It's only a 40-minute video. You guys could watch it tonight. It's uh, it's a game changer, man. That fucking dude's videos are awesome. But what were you saying, Jesse? Uh, just something I wanted to add, just because no one else mentioned it. So, like, we know Ferguson, you know, NCAA wrestler, right? We know his background, and uh, we also know that Patty is just, especially when it comes to up against the cage, like when someone has him in a double leg or something like that, his defense is just good and i think tony's only chance is hitting patty on the feet because i don't think his wrestling is going to do jack squat against patty i think patty is going to just defend it i think he's going to break any kind of what it, what is tony going to get like an s grip or like a a gable around his legs and then what? get distance and then i think he's clipping tony and then we're going to get the same situation we have seen in the past six fights. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Okay, I, I don't care. Six fight losing streak. Every so often, you <laughs> run into a brick fucking wall. And Tony Ferguson is going to be that brick fucking wall. Tony time one more time, please. Jared, we all hope that you're right, brother. We all hope that you're right. So, I'm not even going to fucking say that you shouldn't do it, but just. I, I even just for entertainment, watch that beige frequency thing. It's fucking incredible. Even just the way that the dude draws is wild. So check it out. Beige frequency. Uh not sponsoring the show yet, but hopefully they will. Now Shavkat Rachmanov versus Steven Wonder Old Man Thompson. You love this guy. Uh I don't know if you guys have seen the uh the clips of uh, Jack Black teaching Steven Thompson how to kick, but it's phenomenal. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, Tenacious D has that song, Wonder Boy. And um, this is, I think, what he walks out to. But um, I think it was Alex that started that last one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I've had a few beers. Alex, you haven't started one in a while, brother. Why don't you start this one off? This is a fun fight, man. I, I'm a big fan of Shavkat. 
wasn't a believer at first, but I fucking love this dude. I like that squirrel that he wears on his head. It's fucking awesome. What do you got, dude? He didn't get any takedowns in his last fight against Jeff Neal. I think he has a little bit. Of, he'll have an easier time here, which is why you know the odds are higher than he's against Jeff Neal. Uh, my solid bet here is Shavkat to get a takedown. It's going to be juice, but it's better than his money line. I think it's safer. Um, I'm scared of this fight on the feet, though, for Shavkat. If oh, this yeah. fight stays standing and you see a fight like Jeff Neal, I I'm telling you, Stephen Thompson's probably going to win a decision. You know, he's going to just out jab him. And tag him on the outside and he play the distance. kicks like a jab, you know, that karate so, style kicking. Yeah. So if Steven Thompson's chin holds up and he keeps it standing, this man's going to win the fight. And at 40 years old, he's going to become a contender, like a perennial contender. I can't believe it, you know, and he deserves it. He's the nicest guy in the UFC. Fuck yeah. Dude's awesome. So, you know, I will go with like Shavkat to get to sub Thompson for the first time. I do want to bet that. Ah, it's just tough. It's it, this is a tough one. I do. I really kind of don't want to bet this, to be honest. It's just a little bit too wide for me. But if I had to throw a punt out there, I'd be going Shavcat. Um, takedowns, maybe even get greedy, take two. That's my bet. I, I will go with Shavcat by sub if I got to give you a method. It's just something in my guts telling me that this is. If this stays standing, I know Thompson's just gonna. Get the decision for some reason. I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to bet this fight. But Shavkat needs takedowns, in my opinion. He needs. Dude, this guy just Shavkat's just a fucking freak of nature, man. He really is a freak of nature. Um, I actually had Jeff Neal in that fight, and I was super surprised that he got that finish. And it almost seemed rigged. It seemed rigged um, because all that Jeff Neal had to do was turn into him. Right. He did a stand like a, like a high school bully choke, not a technical bully choke, but like a high school, like literally what a bully would do to a nerd. Just picked him up and just choked him. All you had to do was turn into him and he didn't do that. Now, maybe he was tired, but Jeff Neal was piecing him up on the feet. Again, big Jeff Neal fan got me into betting uh, hands of steel for a reason. This dude's a beast, man. I don't understand how he how he got let that oh. get away. Go ahead. Thompson's more technical, and if you think about it, I remember watching a lot of tape on Shavcat, and you know his chin can get clipped too. He can get clipped, and oh, he's just one of those fights that I think it's unpredictable, in my opinion. He gets hit, man. Um, so you went, Jared. You you uh you switched your screen somehow, but you're up next after Alex. Yeah, go for it. Oh, can you not see me anymore? No, I can hear you. I can see you. You just drop down. You're good. Go go for it. Yeah, so Stephen Thompson, as we know, great kickboxer. I don't – I mean, it's not to say Shavkat can't hang on the feet because he can, but if he has a brain, he's shooting for a takedown within the first minute. I think he could probably hang with Stephen Thompson on the feet. I don't see any reason to test it. It's right. pretty clear-cut the path to victory here. You need to take him down. I I don't honestly. I don't think I recall a time in Stephen Thompson's career that I've seen him look good in the grappling department. We all know what he brings on the feet; he's outstanding. But when it comes to the grappling, I can't recall ever seeing him really look good. And Shavkat, he has the tools to win here. And yeah, he was getting 
teed off on by Jeff Neal. I mean, Jeff Neal had a legitimate chance of winning that fight. That sub seemed really fluky with like a minute left in the fight. It was right. it was a weird situation. But and I and I'll quote Alex on this line. Same thing Alex had said about uh Hyung Sung Park last week. With this line, we're getting outrageous land. This is a little outrageous. I look this morning and I see Shopcott minus six fifty. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. And I now I don't want to take anything away from him. He is a great fighter and he is a finisher. That is something that's awesome. He's never had a fight go the distance in his professional career. Now, Stephen Thompson's only been finished one time in his professional career, and it was against Anthony Pettis. It was a fucking Superman punch. I want to say like 2019 or 2018, but it was, dude, it was fucking. His chin has always looked good. That stoppage is actually kind of early, although he was on his way to a loss anyways. I have to go with Shavkat here. I think the line is way too wide. I wouldn't hate waiting to bet this fight. Wait, you know, waiting to see with the live odd shift because every fight, every round starts on the feet. And I think Stephen Thompson could probably look good early, and you might be able to get Shavkat at more reasonable odds if you wait till halfway through the first round or even after the first round. But I'm going to take Shavkat to have his first fight go the distance. Shavkat by decision. Yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, really, really like that call. I, I thought that I had a hot take there by thinking that this went the, the distance. So that's funny that you say that, Jared. But, um, Harry, what do you got here, man? I'd like to see an arm triangle choke by Shafcott. Uh, regardless of whether he gets a submission or goes the full distance, um, you know, he's winning this fight. I think uh, minus 720 now. And any ever in 2023, 2022, 2021, 2020, any, any, any minus 700 line, dude, that range has won at 100%. Uh, you might want to fact check that. That's pretty legit. So Shaft cut all the way, bro. I can fact check it like immediately at the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely do it. Just a random one like Nunez and Juliana Pena comes to mind. Minus 700. Adesanya and Sean Strickland. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, that was the biggest upset in MMA history, I think, was Pena Nunez. And I think it was 700. Nunez was minus 1,000 when it closed. Fuck. I don't know, man. Um, I get what Harry's saying, though, man. Like, what are the odds? I mean, like, literally, what are the odds? This is not going to happen, dude. I, I, I really don't see see Thompson winning. But if Rachmanov tries to go out there and prove some alpha male shit, like he can strike with this dude, it's not going to work for him, man. Thompson see, I don't think striker. I don't. I don't think he has that same ego that Kevin Holland has, where he's going to make that unwritten agreement that we're going to we're going to yeah, take feet, and I'm going to test you on the feet and prove I'm the better kickboxer. I don't think Shavkat has that same ego. He I doesn't. think he knows what he needs to do here, and he's going to take what he thinks is the path of least resistance. And I think we can all agree that path is on the fence and on the ground. He doesn't have that ego, Jared, but I think that he might be dumb enough to actually do it because you'd think that he would have done that with uh, Jeff Neal too. Jeff Neal, not a great wrestler, but a fucking massive power puncher and a good striker. 
Yeah, but I mean, come on, bro. Laura Sanko is watching. You got to look good for his girl. You got to show her he ain't, you know, he ain't a one trick. Yeah, Laura Sanko's way too hot for what she does. But yeah, man, uh, I'm red, white, and blue all the way, but this fucking Kazakhstan teal and yellow is sick as fuck, dude. I think that's probably one of the coolest flags out there. Um, I'm 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 Shavkat all day. I think he gets a knockout here, though. Um, did you have anything on this, Jesse? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of backgrounds. Um, and we all know Wonderboy doing karate his whole life. He's like sixth degree in Kempo style. The issue with it, though, is especially that pra- the few types of practical karate is it's up close distance. I don't think that's what you want to do with Shavkat. Um, I think Shavkat is too proud of his background, his country, and his record, and I don't think he's dumb enough to stand up like Holland did in that unwritten agreement. Um, I think I agree with every single one of you. I think Shavkat's going to get close. He's going to take him down, and he's going to submit him. And it's sad because I'm sure everyone can agree, you know, I love Wonderboy, and he's been in it for a long time, and he has a very unique style. We don't see many actual practical karate people you know, fighting nowadays. It's usually Taekwondo or kickboxing. Um, but as good as he is, I think the downfall is his style is about closing distance and that's just not what you want to do against Rachmanov. So Yeah. Yeah, dude's a fucking beast, man. It's gonna be crazy. Uh this is actually a fight I'm really looking forward to. It I it realistically I think it's gonna get fight of the night if the main event isn't uh isn't fight of the night, right? Because they like to do that kind of transcending. Uh, but we've got the co-main event of the evening next. And Jared, this is you, I believe, buddy. Alexandre Pantoja versus Brandon Raw Dog Roy Val. I didn't know he was the second. Brandon Roy Val uh, Jr., maybe? But no, yeah. no, no. It's a, it's a second fight between these two guys. He's not Ray Vall the second. Oh, it, it's two. Okay, but why don't they, they don't do that every time on here on Tapology? It Are looks sure? weird. It, looking at that banner, that looks weird. Are you sure? I'm not only <laughs> sure. I'm HIV positive. Gary <laughs> <laughs> got pneumonia. This guy Jared got jokes. <laughs> oh, we got pneumonia. The cell park reference. Okay, so Ian Gary got pneumonia, Jesse's saying. That's the uh, reason for the pullout, but I think it's herpes. Cover up! Yeah, pneumonia because of herpes. Yeah. And that vegan diet that has no immune system. <laughs> right. Yeah, the immune system fucked him over. He's got the immune system of an AIDS patient. I'm telling you, dude, th- wouldn't they put a number two here, Jared, instead of a, the 1-1? The one, one? Because that's usually... On the, on, the, on the fight poster, they'll have the number two. Yeah, I don't know, man. That that looks fucking weird. I'm gonna look but... this shit up while you break this down, okay, Jared? Yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead. Look it up. Give right, your so, thoughts. Yeah. All right, I'll give you my take here, please. So, if you look at the first fight between these two guys, Brandon Royval was winning that fight. He showed, yes, sir. He yes, showed sir. that he he showed he can scramble. He showed he can find his way back to his feet, and the raw dog. He got that dog in him, man. There's no quitting this guy. That first fight, Pantoja won. And if you look at that on paper, you say, okay, Pantoja, round two, rear naked choke. So you expect that, you know, that fight was probably all Pantoja. Royval was ahead, and he made a mistake, and he got caught in a choke. 
he's done nothing but improve since that fight. The only two guys he's lost to in the UFC was Brandon Moreno. He was in, and that was an injury. And then that fluky sub against Pantoja. I, I think Pantoja has a power advantage. He has the advantage on the ground, but Roy Ball has already proven that he can hang on the ground. There is no way I can stay away from a Roy Ball bet here. I mean, I, I think he's going to be the champion, man. I think he can pull it off. He proved in that first fight that he has what it takes to beat Pantoja, and he's done nothing but improve since then. I He can scramble. He can get back to his feet, and that dude has a gas tank. He has, Not only does he have no quit in him, he has great cardio, and we've seen Pantoja slow down in those later rounds. Even if you watch that, I mean, that Moreno fight, by round three, he was huffing and puffing, man. I mean, that was a very close fight. A lot of people saw going Moreno's way. And, I mean, they each clearly won two rounds. One round was a toss-up, but Moreno got those later rounds because mm-hmm. Pantoja slows down. If Pantoja slows down against a guy like Roy Ball, who is constantly aggressing and constantly pushing the pace, I wouldn't be shocked to see Roy Ball find a finish here. I'm siding with Roy Ball on the money line. As far as betting, I'm just taking him from the money line. I'm not going to get greedy with an underdog. But if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say Brandon Roy Vall finds a knockout. He could he could even find a submission too because he was going for a knee bar and a and a heel hook on Pantoja. And they, they were damn close, man. It's going to be scrambly and very sweaty on the ground. Brandon Roy Vall has everything it takes to win this fight. I think he can do it, and I am 100% siding with him here. Well, as you're talking, it seems like this guy is like... Uh, fucking, he has no parents. Weird. <laughs> Trying to find this guy's fucking parents' names. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, you make some good points there, dude. Uh, I thought this was a no-brainer for Pantosia. I will make my case later, but... Um, All right, I'm going to change your opinion right now. You know who's going to walk out right before this fight? It's going to be Donald Trump. Donald Trump's going to walk out right before this co-main event. The, charge, the crowd's going to go wild. And we all know what fuck Joe Biden means. It's let's go, Brandon. The lock <laughs> of the card. Drop the balance. This man's going to look like a favorite in there. He's going to take that belt, and he's going to do it for Donald Trump. Easy. Man. I'm not there. I'm not there. I do like the conspiracy, though. I like the conspiracy behind it. Harry... It sounds like you're on that Roy Fall side too, but why? Because I don't think he's going to uh, make himself susceptible to uh, anyone ever again taking his back. Uh, he's going to use his height and reach advantage, find the distance, manage that, and work uh, Pantoja uh, to death on the feet. I mean, Pantoja absorbs so many strikes. He looks like the uh, the uh, uh, great value uh, version of Vicente Luque, you know, when, when getting hit like that. So uh, that's how I see it, man. And uh, with 99% of all the bets on Pantoja, I even like this shit more, man. Mm. Yeah. Um, I forgot to tell you guys also, Factory X is due for a belt. And that coach who's sick, this is another time for him to shine. I, I really believe that Factory X is finally going to get an overdue belt, an overdue champion. That 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 gym has been around for a long time. They supported the UFC. They fed them a lot of guys. 
they're overdue. Anything close to a decision, because I thought the decision line was a little juice too. It's almost plus 400, plus 350. If anything is close, I believe they're going to rob the champion, give it right to Brandon. You know who are the judges for that so coming event, decisions. right? The the judges are Derek Cleary, Hijomo, and Sal Diamato. Oh, Sal Diamato's always down for a little fixing. The oh, most Chris, corrupted, no, Chris Leary the is most too. Chris Leary is big too, bro. Okay, I want Jesse to give his thoughts here first before I uh, before I give my. What do you think on this one? I know you got an opinion. Uh this one's kind of upsetting to me because you know, jujitsu guy. I am a big fan of Moreno, and uh, as good of their uh, little trilogy, I mean, it was three fights. I'm pretty sure, yeah. As good as, sure. yeah, it was upsetting to me that Moreno lost that last fight. I don't hate Pentoja, however, um, I don't know. I think I'll have to agree with everyone else. I think it's going to be a uh, upset on the betting odds here i think he's gonna lose this one i think uh i think uh brandon's gonna come back and uh get the win get the get the rematch win revolve yeah okay man uh i i hate to be the one that fucking has to disagree with you guys man i think um i, I think pantosha gets this done i think he does it fairly Fairly easily. I, I love Brandon Royval. I actually thought that uh I thought that he should have fought for a championship a long time ago. But Alessandre just doesn't lose to people named Brandon, dude. He doesn't lose to Brandon Moreno. He doesn't lose to Brandon Royval. This guy doesn't lose, man, to, to these guys. Um he's a bad motherfucker and he is so motivated. I know that that Roy Vall's motivated for his family and for these kids, and he's he's very like uh, motivated by by children around him, not even his own kids. And it sounds weird to say that, but you know the guy worked in corrections before juvenile corrections before this, and uh, after he beat Kai Car France, he quit that, and and he's just shifted his focus. But now he's still you can see in the fucking uh, I watched yesterday when I first got to the hotel, I watched the um, countdown. And he's working with kids all the time, man. Like, this dude's paying it forward. This guy's got good karma coming back to him in in Brandon Royval. But I think that Alexandre Pantoja is just this villain that is just going to get this shit done, man. He He's not going to get knocked out by Royval. This dude eats. They call him the cannibal not because he eats his fucking opponents. It's because he eats their shots like fucking Tic Tacs, dude. This dude can get hit with a fucking sledgehammer and just keep walking forward. He's his nickname should be zombie of some kind, like whether it's Brazilian zombie, whatever it is, this dude is a fucking freak of nature. Um, Brandon Royval hits hard. He's a good jujitsu player, but I think that Pantoja is just, he, he, I I think he really is on another level. I think he's going to be a long reigning flyweight champion and such a volatile weight class. I think Pantoja is is that dude, um, and, and man, he made a fan out of for the for the rest of his fucking career. I'm a fan of him. After he says like, "Dad, are you proud of proud of me now?" Like I've always had a fucking good relationship with my dad. Uh, internet connection is a little unstable, but hopefully you guys are still hearing me. I've always oh, had a good. Re- 
I'm over reason have- that he's going to lose. He's already did everything he's done. He's fulfilled. And another reason I don't like him, he took so much damage in that fight. It was five months ago. He's got like the Josh Emmett complex going on. He needed to take a little bit more time off, in my opinion. When someone goes through a battle like that, I like to see him take like almost a year off, nine months. No. Uh, I, I, I think that scar tissue is going to be easily opened up. No, Brain no. Boy Bow is going to take that damage all day. Um, all day, volume, all day, uh, cardio. I'll, I'll, t- I'll gamble on Roy Val. Hundred. No, we need active champions, man. Champions have to be active. This is why I fucking can't stand Leon Edwards. This dude fights fucking twice a year. Kamaru Usman, I'm not a fan of his personality, but that dude was fighting all the fucking time. I already miss him as the welterweight champion. That dude fought all the time. Fuck Leon Edwards. All these fucking English fighters, by the way, can't stand him. I'm not a big fan of Tom Aspinall either. But like the the fact that they're like, oh no, I gotta I gotta sit aside. No man, if you're a champ, you gotta fight every three, four, five months, man. That's what it is. Like you gotta fucking put that belt up and and do it. So yeah, man, I I applaud Pantoja for doing it. I wasn't a fan when he was going out there and he was fighting uh, Moreno because I'm a big fan of Moreno. But after that speech where he was like, are you proud of me now, dad? That was fucking like powerful to me, man. And yeah, I that pulled that, some heartstrings with a lot of fans. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, give me Pantoja all day. I'll be the only one fucking going with who's going to win here. And it is Alessandro Pantoja, dude. That's who's I hear you talking out of your heart, brother. I hope you're wrong. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. I'll be the only one fucking laughing right now at the end of this right now. But. Uh, man, it's going to be a fun fight. This is a really fucking good fight, dude. Um, super, super stoked for this. But, and I, by, for the record, I think that uh, Alexandre uh, gets a submission probably round three. I will call that. Um, shit, who wants the honors here for the main event? Should we give it to, uh, let's give it to Alex. What's up, dude? Alex, you start this off, man. Leon Edwards versus Colby Chaos Covington. We're going to. I got a conspiracy theory because I was going to bet Colby Covington, but there's something iffy with this fight that ha- could have, like, foreshadow what could happen in the future of the world. Oh, like, I don't know. Oh. I'm putting way too much emphasis in this fight. Pretty you know, tough. I'm thinking about that uh, Illuminati card with Trump's face on it. And it says, you know, we could take you out at any time. And it's like a headshot. And, you know, this is the embodiment of Trump right here. If there's the embodiment of Trump in the UFC, it's Kobe Covington. So if he gets headshot dead, I, I might panic for the world. You know, I might get paranoid, you know, build a bomb shelter because I'm going to think that Trump's going to get shot in the face. So I'm going to have to bet Leon by KO or I'm not going to sleep. But I, I already, you know, believe that Trump being there is like the sign that Kobe's going to win. And, I hate the odds. I would have loved to got Kobe at like plus two hundred. Like I don't understand the odds here. That like the, all the money is coming in on Leon, but a lot of people are picking Kobe. I'm hearing he's a popular pick. A lot of people are taking him by finish. I I, I would feel confident on a Kobe decision only. And then if he gets headshot, it's a push on that bet. But I do like Leon by KO. That's I I just I don't know why. I hope it doesn't happen because you know. Trump won't get shot then. It's not going to foreshadow any weird things that, that's going to happen. So, yeah, there's the card. And, uh, yeah, that freaked me out, man, because I was heavy on Kobe. But I said, this man gets headshot dead. I might, like, go and dive into a hole because I know the world could end if Trump dies and everyone's going to go nuts and riot. So, I mean, there's something. I'm scared that there's a deeper meaning around this fight. But I hope Kobe wins because, you know. 
I'm just super paranoid about this fight. I'm staying away. Props only. Safer bets. Yeah, man. It's it's going to be nuts. And I definitely, uh, I didn't think about that chaos shit until you said it last week. And I think it's definitely pretty fucking interesting. But uh, Harry, give me your thoughts on this main event, man. Main event for the ages. Hey, by the way, if that meme gets filled out, which like, you know, there was that thing where they're like, Imagine a world where these three people are champion, and it's Sean O'Malley, Sean Strickland, and fucking Colby. I thought that the only one that was actually likely to happen was Colby. And you had Sean O'Malley get it. You had Sean Strickland get it, which was the least likely. And now the most likely, in my opinion, is Colby Cummington. So let's see if that means... Trifecta! I mean, that's, that is a fucking holy, unholy trinity. But, uh, Harry, I'm dying to hear what you got on this, dude. So first, I don't like that Leon Edwards is a middle middleweight fighting at welterweight. I don't like that. So the irony in his coach saying he's bullying you, son, you know, is hysterical because now, you know, he's he's actually the one that's played bully his whole career. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, Kobe makes a lot of points about that when an oversized, uh, let's say, lightweight like Islam Mahashev uh, is fighting the little guys at that in that division. Uh, you know, and, and these things are very real, man. So uh, that that's one thing I don't like. Uh, second, I hear everybody talking about how uh, he has incredible takedown defense against Kamaru Uso. Uh-oh. And uh, Kobe's uh, NCAA is smaller. He's got less power. The output is, 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 is vulnerable to him because he's getting countered by a great striker and Leon Edwards. And that's all wrong. Like, Kamaru Usman had no knees uh, in his fight with Leon Edwards uh, in, in the rematch, right? And in the and in in their second fight, which was where Leon uh, knocks him out. Uh, in that fight, Usman won every single round, and the only reason. And everybody talks about it. Oh no, you know Leon is such a great striker. He's got the headshot dead. You know, in his arsenal. that Absolutely not, man. Like, you can see that Usman was just going to coast that round. You know? And, and they were talking through the fight. I think in round three or four. In round four, they were kind of, like, talking shit. Like, acknowledging each other. Like, hey, man, you know, you, you're all right, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something like Kobe and Usman did after the fight. When, when you know, uh, Usman beat Kobe. And they're like, Kobe tells Usman, hey, man. This was just for the fight game. This was just for the fight game. Whispers in his ear. And and I and and so I feel because of that complacency that Usman got. And, uh, you know, Leon just did some weasel shit, man. And just threw that kick up. But I promise you, I promise you, man. Usman was just going to get the victory. The unanimous decision. But Leon did that weasel shit. And I and, you know, Usman can't come out publicly and say this fucking guy took advantage of my kindness because you can't be kind and be an MMA fighter. You know what I'm saying? But I promise you, man, he would, he just let that go. You know, he was just going to coast it, you know? And, and, and then, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You could see it, man. If go watch round four and five and you'll understand what I'm saying, man, Leon knew it too. He's like, fuck man, it's over. I, I got nothing else. And you know, he's like, okay. And they were just talking like friends, you know? And all of a sudden, this bitch fucking lifts, you know, that that high high uh, high kick to the head. 
and and Kamar Usman is out. <laughs> and and you know again, Usman is not gonna tell the world this fucking guy. This fight I was posting. You, this guy and, and I, we kind of made an, an unwritten agreement in telepathy. Like, hey, bitch, you know, I got you. I told you. Four rounds, bitch, I got you. Just like Israel Adesanya to Pereira. I got you, bitch. Four rounds. Right. And, and you know, there you go in that fifth round. So that's why I think this is a joke, man. Colby's got this. I want to know what the line is <laughs> on Colby Covington getting one fucking takedown. I want to know what that line is. I got to wait till tomorrow. I, I heard. Yeah, man. Uh, when you were saying that that uh, you know, Kamaru does this whole like domination thing, right? And then he takes that fifth round off. I said to Jesse right now, it's like you can't do that. You cannot do that in a fucking MMA fight. You can't take a a, a second off, right? So are you saying here that 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 you felt like they kind of had some? I mean, you said some kind of mental agreement. But yeah, they were that- they were talking. They were talking uh, in round three and four. You know, I I think when uh, when uh, he grabbed the fence and shit, Usman said, "Come on, man! Like some shit like that. Like don't cheat. Come on, man! You gotta cheat to beat me. Ha ha! You know." And but they, but they were laughing it off. Ha! You got caught. You got caught. You know, like that. Like hey, uh, uh, he gotcha. Herb Dean gotcha. You know, like. But then in, in round four, you can see that Leon was done. He's like, "Shit, man! I got nothing for this guy." Usman, that was when he was in his prime. Now come the rematch, you know, uh, that was it. He had ailing knees. There's no fucking way, man. And we heard it, like, for weeks, I think, before that, in interviews, on on tiles and shit. Uh, Trevor Whitman, his coach, talking about it. Like, ah, Gaethje's saying it. Oh, man, Usman got bad knees. But regardless of all that, he he can still take, take it in the rematch. I'm like, what the fuck? Why would Gaethje say things like this, you know? But the knee thing was, that's been a thing for his whole career almost. You know, he's had horrible knees. Yes, and he offsets that by striking, by using his upper body, by clinching, pressing you, you know, just striking you because he's a, yo, dude, for a wrestler to be as good a striker as him, you know what it takes, bro? You know what it takes, man? It takes a guy like Joe Piper who lives in his fucking car, and I'll give you one more example. Bo Nickel, whose mom was a boxing coach and a boxer. You get what I'm saying? That's the only examples we got. If not, think back, bro. Cain Velasquez, Brock Lesnar, garbage, bro. Daniel Cormier, no good. You get what I'm saying? It's not easy Daniel to become. Daniel Cormier was decent at striking. Decent, Daniel decent. Cormier. Yeah, he's Decent, but Kamaru Usman is elite. How did that happen, bro? How the fuck did that happen? That man is smart. Yeah. Either that or he's fighting in a in a fucking wrestling heavy division. I mean, you know, at the time when he was coming up, there's not many good strikers in that division. To be honest, you know, Jorge Masvidal, yeah, the wrestling deficiency was so fucking huge for him. So, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, knocking out Jorge, I don't think it's too impressive. But that's a wrestling heavy division. It still is right now. Uh, welterweight is a very, very wrestling heavy heavy division, so... I, I see what you're saying, though, man. I, I, but uh, I don't know. I don't think that Kamara is a very good striker, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But um, what do we got now? Alex, you gave your thoughts. Jared, have you given yours yet? No, I haven't. So I'm going to start with Leon is on quite the win streak. We can all agree with that. If you actually look at the strength of schedule, though, yeah, I, know Kobe, I, I know Kobe's a decisionator, but I mean, 
the guys that Leon beat to get to the position where he's at, I mean, granted, Usman is Usman. That's an impressive win. But to Harry's point, um, the second time they fought, which is one with the head kick, I think that this fight is going to look a lot like that one minus the head kick. Kobe puts a pace on people that people have a hard time dealing with. Kobe's not a finisher. He's not in there looking to finish you. He's in there looking to wear you out. And anytime it's a 25-minute fight, that's going to benefit Kobe Covington. And I just see him putting a pace on Leon that he's not going to be able to deal with. And, you know, I don't think he's going to hit that fluky KO on Kobe. And with all that being said, I will say, Kobe Covington 100% does not deserve to be fighting for a title right now. Leon has earned everything he's gotten. He's the rightful champion. Kobe doesn't. Yeah, Jared, deserve- you're right, Jared. But don't forget that Leon hasn't knocked anybody out ever. Oh, I oh, think like so- once, once, once before that. So, so with that being said, right? So, I'm just I'm saying Kobe does not deserve this title shot. He's getting it for a reason. Kobe sells fights. The UFC is in the business of selling fights. Ask yourself if Leon Edwards were to win this fight. Who's the number one contender? The number Bilal. one contender is usually the backup fighter, right? Bilal Muhammad. Yeah. Ask yourself, does Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad sell fucking anything? No, it does not. Kobe, t- whether you like Kobe or you don't, he puts eyeballs on the screen. He puts asses in chairs. He's the guy that they want to win here. Now, I know you got uh, Ryan and Alex. I know you guys are on the you guys like conspiracies, right? Fuck yeah. And we all like MMA. Well, I think we can all agree not all MMA fights are rigged. That's why we love the sport, because unlike these big team sports, not every match we're watching is rigged. Every so often we have these big championship fights or these massive fights that the fix is in. And I got to share a story with you. About Sean O'Malley winning the title against Aljo. Yeah, yeah, you told me, but I want to hear this. So we have we have a friend that had met Sean O'Malley's dad at the ceremonial weigh-ins. Um, that friend had ran into him again during the fights. It was like we were a little bit into the main card. He runs into Sean O'Malley's dad again. He recognizes him from the ceremonial weigh-ins, and he like says hello to him and everything. And he takes out his phone. And he shows O'Malley's dad, look, I bet O'Malley to win by round one knockout. I really think he's going to knock him out. O'Malley's dad tells him, yeah, I I think it's going to be in the second round. Our buddy goes, no, I'm telling you, it's going to be round one. I think he's going to knock him out in round one. He put it, O'Malley's dad put his hand on this kid's shoulder and said, let's just say round two and walked away. Sure enough, O'Malley wins by round two knockout. And I think we can agree it was a bad stoppage. It just feels like one of those things where, I mean, the stars are aligning here. Mm -hmm. It's for Kobe, man. This fight is built around Kobe. He's He said it himself. He's a yes man for the UFC. Whatever you guys want, let's do it. We're going to make as much money as humanly possible. Leon Edwards isn't selling versus anybody. Nobody cares to see that rematch with him and Bilal. Kobe can sell a fight against any opponent that he's going up against. Right. 
I think, but when it comes to the X's and O's, I think Kobe puts one hell of a pace. Not to say he's the better fighter, but I can see a world where he would really wear out Leon. But he shouldn't be here. He is here. It's because of these outside influences. And with those two, I think Kobe Covington's going to We're going to end the year with chaos. Let's go, Kobe. Yeah. So keep in mind, you know, we are in an election year, and it's been a long time since, you know, Brandon and Kobe win. You know, when was the last time we had five American champions going into an election year? You know what I mean? So it does kind of make sense, you know. It feels like Dane is trying to, you know, just get everyone riled up and get them all ready to go bet Trump. But I swear, Kobe does not win. I am going to be in my bomb shelter. That's a fucking good point. That actually does make me think more that Brandon could win that after after you say that. Um, fuck. Yeah, because there is a there's a proven statistic that when Olympic teams do better in certain areas or or like regional teams do better, the uh, you know, intended politician wins those different scenarios. I I'm, I'm probably not saying that very well, but like, let's say if you're having a fucking Olympics in the United States and then a bunch of uh, American Olympians win and then the next year there's an election or whatever, that that political or, or that national pride is heightened. So everyone votes fucking pro-American or whatever. So, yeah, that's very, very that's a solid point, dude. Uh, you kind of almost have me thinking that that Brandon Roy Val might win. But yeah, dude, I'm all in on Colby Covington myself. Um, I do think he's the better fighter. I think that he puts on the quicker pace. I think that he's just going to fucking dominate there, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, dude, that's a really, really interesting thought. But Jesse, uh, closing thoughts on this fight. Yeah, uh, I don't really care about this fight. Being honest, neither of them have been... Like everyone says, Leon Leon hasn't been that active. Neither of them have been that active. Um, I, I care more about touching on the conspiracy aspect. And uh, I agree with y'all. However, I don't think it's as deep as being a conspiracy. Forgive me, I don't remember the fighter's name. But uh, if y'all know, there were actually multiple fighters this year that got kicked off and banned because, you know, it was discovered that they were purposefully throwing and having insider betting against them, so they were purposely losing. What was that coach's name? That was James Krause, and it was two fighters that were suspended, Jeff Molina and Derek Minner. Those were the only Minner. two that got jammed up, and everyone that trained there had to find somewhere else to train, including Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno. Moreno. Against Pantoja. Anyone that denies it. It's not even, it's, it's honestly at this point, it's not as deep as a conspiracy. I think conspiracies are more for like deeper things, but that's just, it's proven. And I mean, obviously everyone knows like boxing, for instance, boxing's rigged as hell. We know there's, there's deep, uh, the same sport. It's the same sport though. You know, it's just more, more elements to it. Yeah. Always be like, if anyone's ever seen the movie Pulp Fiction, dude. They show that in there with Bruce Willis's character. It's low-level boxing. It's all boxing. It's all kinds of combat sports, man. All that you have to do, if you're rigging a football game, you've got to get 23 people minimum in on that, right? 11 on one side, 11 on the other side. But then there's really 
44 people and then several referees. So you're at least having a fucking rig, like almost 100 people you're having to get involved. Uh, all I got to do is have the guy take the dive and everyone else doesn't even have to know what's going on. I know, but I'm just hypothetically, right? With a basketball team, it's it's 11 people, five, five, and one. With a fight, it's three people, and that's a solid number. You've got the fighter A, fighter B, and the referee. It's the easiest fucking sport to rig, man. You know what? I'll take take it even a step further with it being easy to rig. You don't even need both fighters and the ref. All you need is the fighter that's going to lose. If you you look back at the pride with all of their rigged fights, the guys that are winning by knockout, they really thought they won by knockout. They didn't put, they weren't in on it. All they told is the guy that's going to lose, hey, you're going down in the second round and we're going to give you X amount of money to do that. So the guy that's putting him out actually thinks he just put him out. Mm-hmm. When it comes to one, one-on-one sports like boxing and MMA, all you need is the losing party to be willing. I mean, you really got to just simple as looking at what kind of people fighters are. You know, there's we all love our very uh, humble fighters and the ones that actually do it because they love it. But a lot of these guys are just pieces of shit and they're just there for the money. And we all know which which fighters are just there for the money. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's very believable. Without a doubt has happened many, many, many times, boxing, MMA, even jujitsu, especially with names like uh, Gordon Ryan, Nicky Rod, you know, even Gordon Ryan's little brother, you know, Nicky Ryan, you know, these guys, they're in it for the money. They don't care about records. You know, they're just trying to, take their paycheck and get out. Even if that's... Grapplers have, man. They're allowed to do steroids. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Look at this. Jay Ellis, the fucking goat. I am so glad you brought him up. This this guy, you're going to tell me right here, this guy's standing at 16 and 108 in MMA, Jay the Hurricane Ellis. You don't think that this dude's throwing fights? And most of the time, this motherfucker's getting knocked out. Look at this. He's getting finished. He's getting knocked out. He's been knocked out 29 times. He's been submitted 74 times. There's someone else that has been, uh, he has actually a worse record. I just can't think of his name. But this dude, I mean, this guy is getting paid to throw fights. This guy's fought as recent as... March 18th of this year, and he lost by rear naked choke to some fucking loser, Jack Cognon, whoever the hell that is. But that's the thing, man. There are people like this Jay Ellis guy that just go out there and they're paid to lose, man. That's what it is. It's like Vincent said in Pulp Fiction, you know, what's up, Palooka? And a Palooka is the name for a guy, a fighter, a boxer that takes a dive. And I want you to keep in mind that there's a lot of ways to rig fights, you know, whether it's giving someone steroids, whether it's uh, the judges, whether it's um, bias points, you know what I mean? Or or a ref being biased and not even admitting about admitting fault or even calling fouls. Like I, I can name a fight example for every single one of these, you know, like Tim Elliott versus Tagir, Tagir, who's on the card, you know? That guy, Tim Elliott was holding the fence, doing so much dirty stuff. The ref was like blind. Didn't even, he was clearly paid off to let Tim Elliott do whatever he want and use the, use the cage and 
be a dirty fighter. But you and I both know that we all see it. We all see it. And if if it's not, not being fair, then someone has a someone has their hand in it. And um, yeah, one on one competition is the easiest to manipulate. Yep, it is what it is, man. Hey. I don't know. We're going to have a fun, uh, you know, UFC 296. I think it's going to be dope. Um, it's getting late over here, man. We're going to probably pass out pretty soon. But, yeah, dude, this was a fun one. Um, shit, we'll see what's up, man. Well, uh, Alex, obviously, you and I will be talking. And, yeah, we'll see what's up until the end. But, yeah, you guys plug your stuff real quick, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Harry, we'll start with you. We'll go to Jared, then we'll go to Alex. Hey, ProSchmo Bets at ProSchmo Bets, Instagram.com. Hell yeah. Are you Ubering right now? What are you doing, dude? You ain't been in your car your whole time. Yeah, brother, living, man. I'm, uh, I, ha- I had to, uh, drive, uh, to, uh, get some clothes for a holiday party. And, and that's why you caught me on the road. So I'm home now. This big ass building, you see it? That's where I live. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm far away from my home right now, but. We're doing our thing. We had to get it done. Uh, Jared, what's going on, man? Uh, same old with me, man. Pro Shmo bets. Shoot Harry a DM if you're looking to join the community. Profit picks. Take a look at us. Um, I got to leave you at some plays. Let's go. I cut, I, I'm going to slice it a little thinner this time, though. I'm you did torn... okay last time. You did better than the, the first time we spoke. So I, I'm torn here between... A straight bet on for my biggest bet of the night. I'm torn between a straight bet on Kobe Covington or a straight bet on Brandon Royval. I'm gonna end up straight betting both of them. I'm not sure which one I'm gonna go bigger on. I'm I'm leaning Royval for it. Okay. But if I were to leave you if I I know you probably want a little more juice. So I'm gonna give you a juice parlay and then if you want to slice it thin, you can slice it thinner. Let's go. Juicy, juicy three teamer. Cody Durden. Dustin Jacoby, Brandon Royval. That's plus seven fifty for those. I don't hate that at all. Now, if you want to slice it a little bit thinner, a little bit safer, you can go Cody Durden, Justin, Dustin Jacoby, Irene Aldana at plus three ninety. Okay. Okay. So I got the, those two parlays, and then I like a straight bet on Kobe, and I like a straight bet on Royval. I think you go fucking Jacoby, Irene. Roy Vall and Colby. I mean, that's that's got to be in the fucking four digits, four digits. Yeah, no, I, I had um, I had one that was plus a thousand, but I didn't want to get too greedy with it. I, you know, I figure I give you some. Hey, Jared, it's the end of the year. Tis the season. You know what I mean? So let's go. But no, man, I I like uh, I like where your head's at there, dude. I uh, I actually like that first one that you laid out there. Um, Alex, what do you got, man? You know, follow us up. Profit picks, baby. And you know I got to go with let's go, Brandon. He ain't going to let Trump down. He ain't going to let Trump down. You think it's just it's just already planned. If He's it is a real Scott. I think Brandon Roy Val is the lock. I'm going to straight bet him, and I'll give you an extra one. I'd hate to steal Harry's pick, but he's got a lock. Colby Covington and get one takedown. It should be around minus 400, 380, 350. It could be even higher. But I like that. Parlay that with Aldana. Bring it down almost close to even. Maybe minus 125, minus 140. Pound that. Aldana, as wild as it sounds, Aldana seems seems to be the biggest lock on the card. It seems like it. So, 
Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. Uh, thank you so much. And um, whoa, know. whoa, whoa! Tell Harry to throw out a pick before we go. I know Harry got some got some nice ones in there. Come on, yeah, he's, Harry. He's, he's being awfully quiet over there. What do you got? All right, so take a hundred dollar bill, a thousand dollars, or ten thousand dollars. We're going five ways with it. Five ways with it. If you're hearing me, so we're taking. Arion Lipsky and Irene Aldana Parlay. Then we are taking Cody Garbrandt, Shafcott, Dustin Jacoby in another parlay. And then you're taking Brandon Royval straight, Colby Covington straight. All right, so so that's four, right? That's four. Solid. I like that. That's, that's better. Solid. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's wild to put that much in, I mean to put that much into Roy Val is wild, but I uh Harry, you know I respect your fucking opinions, man. I think that that's uh something I might try. It's something I might try. But yeah, man, uh Jesse, you got anything before we get out? No, I just appreciate y'all letting me be on here and my hot takes, so that's <laughs> Yeah, man, it was fun, dude. Uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, obviously, we don't have any UFC events, but uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not about to do a show for the PFL. PFL fucking sucks. Um, I'm not gonna do anything other than you know UFC, maybe one, maybe. But uh, yeah, there's not much out there. You'd be doing one, bro. I'm telling you. Hey, I'm down for one. Did you watch the last card? I didn't watch that that uh, Muay Thai card. No, I didn't have time, dude. Like, I, I I really didn't. I wish that I could do BKFC content. I just can't fucking make bets. I can't. We're well, not allowed I'll, to. I'll tell you what. That last one FC card, full Muay Thai, eight fights, seven oh, seven were knockouts. Only one went the distance, dude. I'm telling you, there wasn't an excite a non exciting fight on the card, man. You yeah, gotta give it a shot, brother. No, I love one. I, I'm telling you, PFL is the only one that's not deserving. Oh, look at Alex. Alex looks a lot better right now. Look at him. But, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. And, uh, hey, Harry, I, I, I expect a follow out there, buddy. I expect a fucking follow. I follow, I follow you on Pro Schmo. I told you you're going to be a good grandpa. Let's go. I've known Harry for like three years now. I'm convinced. I'm pretty sure he's not following me. You gotta follow me. I got. I got like three thousand followers, and we're getting a thousand views on these shows. More, more than a thousand views. Let's go. I need that. Let's go, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome on anytime, Harry. I appreciate your takes, and uh, the shit's fun, man. So I'm gonna end this stream right now, uh, or this uh, recording, and then. We'll get out of here. So take it easy, guys. Follow us on Casual KO. Dangerous World Podcast content coming back. Uh, the conspiracy shit will be back uh, once I get back to Tucson. It'll be like next week. So thank you all for listening, and take it easy. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.